Come. When the morning comes. Rise and shine, sleepyheads. It's time to caffeinate and dominate. This. This is my wake-up show. I'll be coming at you every morning. About this time. Is morning juice. Hey, wake up, you guys. Hey, wake up. That's right, wake up. And here we go on a Wednesday, attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, the general Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. Carp, great to talk to you here on a hump day edition. What's happening, man? Oh, it's great to talk to you, Beam. I mean, nice little snow day for the kids. Everything got kind of cleaned off by you know, noon. Sun was out, feeling like Colorado, looking absolutely fantastic outside. I mean, who doesn't want some more of that? So hopefully, I think we've got some more snow coming either tonight or tomorrow. So that sounds awesome for everybody, correct? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Not sure how that's going, but uh, pretty exciting here for everybody. Yeah, it really was yesterday, man, digging ourselves out of a nice little snowstorm uh, slash ice storm that we had, of course, on Monday night into Tuesday. You're right with the Colorado comment, man. I was out there shoveling yesterday, and I actually had to break it up into segments yesterday, Carp. Uh, so the way our house is kind of constructed, we have a shared driveway, right? So like the middle portion mm-hmm. of the driveway is the toughest one because I never know where to take the snow. Like Obviously, we want to get it away from the house, so when it melts, uh, all that groundwater doesn't like seep into the basement. So we're trying to do that. And I mean, just, you know, if you shoveled yesterday, anybody out there, like there was that layer of ice, man, that you had to break through. And so yesterday I did the back, I cleaned all that off, you know, where our cars are at, the garages and everything. And I'm like, all right, you know, taking it into the backyard. And then I'm just sitting there for like two or three minutes, like looking, <laughs> looking at the rest of the driveway. And I'm like, all right, well, do I do the front first and get that out and have the middle portion of snow where I can walk? Like, what should I really do? And you're right, man. By the time that I don't even know, like 1030, 11 o'clock rolled around the time that that I was out there shoveling. I mean, it was like beautiful out. It was cold, but it was nice and sunny. So you're right. I mean, you got a little, uh, little wind burn action. Like my face was all red when I came in. I felt like I was getting a tan, but yeah, shoveling was not the easiest task yesterday with, uh, with that ice. So I just, uh, I felt like I got an entire body workout carp because I was just digging a shovel full at a time and just like walking back to the back end of the house and then throwing the snow. Like there was no easy way to do it yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I felt like I got a nice like full body workout backs a little sore today like legs are feeling pretty good so it was a uh, it was a nice little day yesterday that we had oh yeah nice little day for working out and so it was nice big snow thankfully uh at the walk shoveled my wife did some of that and uh we had our friend or one of our neighbors a buddy of mine brett he, he has a plow that he puts on the front of his truck and he enjoys shoveling driveways so Ooh, thankfully he took care of ours for us because it was uh you know, my kids, Beam, I was hoping they'd be more of a help by now. I mean, my two <laughs> oldest are in fifth, fifth and fourth grade. I think they can handle some more snow shoveling duties, but they don't really – you got to get on it before people start driving and walking all over the snow, and yep. they haven't really embraced you know, the uh, carpe diem. We're going to seize that get it done early in the morning. So it's been less than ideal from that standpoint. My back is still bothering me. That's not a great thing. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been awful. good yesterday if you doing that. I mean, it was, uh, it was heavy, and it was hard to break. Oh, yeah. I Believe me, I had to – Scrape all the ice off our trampoline so it didn't just collapse before the snow came in yesterday. So I knew exactly what we were getting into. It's uh, it's a bumpy situation, but you know what? We haven't had snow around here significantly in probably five or six years. So yeah. every once in a while, it's mid-February. Hammer the snow out for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully by March it'll start to turn. We start getting some warm days in mid-March. And I'm going to keep believing that, Beam. I'm not going to stop believing, just like Journey, because <laughs> that's what you got to hold on to is the warmth of the summer ray of the spring rays, if you will, mm-hmm. of the sun on your face, 
you know, mid-March. That's that's what keeps me coming back to Ohio. I mean, a tradition unlike any other, man, when you uh, finally pop out of the snow and right into the first week of April, coming off of the Final Four and into the Masters. Like, I don't know, there's no better week for me, man, because it does signal uh, signals the uh, the beginning of spring, and especially after this year, man, we're going to, uh, to absolutely need that. So, yeah, it's a nice little day we had yesterday. Got into a risk game yesterday, Carp, so that was, uh, it's always intense at our house. We probably play it, I don't know, once every six weeks, because it really is like World War III. Like at our really? house, so it's yeah, oh yeah, it's like whenever we decide to play like board games or like have people over to do that, like you know what we can do Catan and like that's fine and that's really a cordial game, you know those take probably I don't know forty five minutes to an hour to complete. And so yesterday, obviously Meredith had the day off work, called over uh, called over Mike and was like, hey man, are you doing anything today? Like, do you want to play some Risk? He's like, sure, I'll be over around one thirty. So we started this game around two o'clock and we didn't even finish the game, Carp. Like we let it end in world peace because. It was just going to reset itself. So, like, Meredith's out. It's Michael and I. And it took all the way until 6.15 to get to that point. Like, it was a four-hour, just, I mean, brutal affair. And I tell you what, man, it is, it's like, it's the most competitive, non-competitive game in the entire world. Like, if you want to really judge someone on their characteristic of how well they handle losing, play a game of Risk with them, because it is bad. Like, all the colors come flying out when you play that game with it. So we got into that yesterday, which was nice after we got done shoveling and doing stuff around the house. But I tell you what, man it's the most i think it's the, we're the most competitive household when it comes to board games like it's just you either you either win the game and you win in a bunch of glory or you go down in a just i don't even know bucket of flames like it was uh quite the bumpy situation yesterday at our household that's good Beam. i enjoy the fact that other people have massive shortcomings when it comes to playing you know games together at their house we had to basically give up playing you know apples to apples and cards <laughs> against humanity and all those things because it when my brothers would come over, like I don't even play. My wife just laughs about it because it always ends up in a massive fight. Yeah, and exactly. It's it's really a bad thing. So like we all get together, and you know it's, it's rare they get to be with all my family now and their their wives. And we sit around, you know, have some drinks, put the kids to bed, and play these games, and it always start out as fun, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden things get twisted, and about you know three or four rounds in of games and drinks starts getting competitive. People start (laughs) saying things and and really digging at each other. And then all of a sudden, like the daggers come out and get shanked in the back and people start saying some, some incredibly hurtful things. And mostly it's me about a lot of things (laughs) that are going on. So I get really upset about it. I don't enjoy the losing process. No, Um, it's, it's especially to younger siblings or anything like, and there's a subjectivity to some of these games that I don't enjoy either. And so I can't even really play them anymore. Well, especially it's, the Cards Against Humanity, where you're voting on other people's best. Well, what does that it's mean? Like, I'm like, am listen. I trying? Am I trying to like lay down to your sense of humor, or should I just be like my dry, crass self? Like, what's really going on here? Like, who is my audience? Like, is it me? Yeah. Because if so, like, I should win every single time. If it's you, like, I'm not really going to change up my strategy. I think I'm the funniest person at the table. Why is that? Why are they getting votes? Yeah, exactly. And people can vote against you just because they don't want you to win. I'm like, mine was by far the best. So. You're not even being honest with yourself in this game. And that's, I feel like Michael Scott sometimes, you're not even really, truly appreciated in your time being like, you put up, you put up these great performances and no one cares. So Cards Against Humanity, that's when it really started, um, because of the subjectivity and the voting nature of it. So I will never play that one again. Um, there's some other things that I'll play just for fun, but I have to like totally disassociate myself with the fact that it's a game mm-hmm. and pretend like it's more, 
just an activity. Like we're going to be getting out the popsicle sticks and I'm at preschool and we're going to be making something. And that's how I have to view it because if anything else comes into play, it gets real ugly. I mean, we used to play this in high school, Carp, and it would, we'd literally go like, I mean, we would play it two or three times in a weekend, right? All the buddies over at one house and there'd be five or six players. I think five players is the most you could have in risk. And like, you know, if someone gets eliminated first or like you break a treaty or something like that, I mean, I've gone weeks without talking to my like good high school friends, like during, during bouts of where we would play risk. Like it got so intense. So I'm glad that we carried that over yesterday. Did you ever it was egg nice. Their house it, beam for what'd you say? Do you ever like egg their house for, uh, you know, <laughs> double crossing you? Uh, really I really take it to the next level. I didn't do that, but I may have left a surprise for them in their bathroom. So That's I mean, you know, or maybe, maybe something takes, like that. Take some dog poop and then jam it underneath the handle of their car. So when they go to open it, you get a nice little fistful of that. That's another good one. Uh, that's that a I great idea, could, actually. I never thought of that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it's a bad, a bad deal. But I mean, <laughs> you know, being when you when you live in a world like I do psychologically you get a lot of these ideas and you hear good ones and you just kind of store them back there in the hate bank if you ever need something yeah i mean that sounds pretty good a little vicious action right there all right so fun stuff yesterday hopefully everybody had a nice little snow day general today is 217 of 2021 february 17th today in history and birthdays general oh goodness big day in history a lot of birthdays today too i mean you would have thought february 17th middle of uh middle of the winter not really giving you anything but uh, some interesting things of note today, 1867, the Suez Canal opens up, uh, connecting the Nile all the way up into the Mediterranean. So you can cut across there, you know, beam, it's like taking a little shortcut instead of going around Africa, you can just kind of cut right through the Mediterranean. So nice little deal there happened in, you know, about 150 years ago, 1933, first edition of Newsweek is published and you know, beam, I don't know if we'll still be doing the show. When I'll finally make some announcements, like the last edition of some of these magazines has been mm-hmm. published as they slowly fade away. But you know what? If, if we have the staying power of that, maybe we'll be able to make some of those announcements. Uh, today, 1968, your boy Timmy Hall, if he was alive, would have probably been there. Uh, probably, I guarantee you he, I wouldn't say guarantee you, you'll be able to answer this better than I am. But in 1966, in Springfield, 68, in Springfield, Massachusetts, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame has opened up. Has Tim Hall been there? I th- I don't think that Timmy Hall has ever been to the Naismith Hall of Fame. I don't really. Think he's ever, I don't think he's ever been to Massachusetts. Now That's that we talk about year. it, yeah, it really is because I mean we know obviously he grew up a Baltimore Orioles fan. God love him for that. I mean they just went there a couple of years ago at Camden Yard to see uh, Billy Joel. Uh, so I mean it's it's not that far away. I mean you're on the East Coast, right? I mean just take a train and get up there. But it's something that he has never mentioned about being to the Naismith, and the fact that he's never mentioned it, Carp, because he's mentioned a lot of things, and that dude can absolutely talk. Uh, I think he would have mentioned it by now. So I do not think that he's ever been there. That is, uh, that's pretty impressive. I would have thought that he would have been there for sure. And I thought you would have been the guy that would be able to bring that information uh, to all of us. So we've got that going. A couple of birthdays here. Maybe the famous, the most famous man ever to lose his job, Beam. I thought you were going to say the most famous man to ever live. And I was like, oh my, we're going, we're going somewhere with this. Well, I mean, that guy might be on here too, depending on how old you are and what do you consider famous. Uh, most famous man to ever lose his job, Shark, Mr. Wally Pip, 1883, mm. was born. So, unfortunately, he is known more for losing his job than anything he did on the field. Uh, another nice one here for Shark, Mr. Jim Brown, turning 85 years old today. Oh, I, I looked at the math on that. I wanted to make sure. Born in 1936. Ah! <laughs> yeah, Jim Brown's popping monsters. It's like, for given the fact of the beating he took and what he did in his life, the fact he's still 
rocking it. It's uh, that's very impressive. I uh, passed away, but born in 1949. Our guy, Mr. Denny Green, uh, former coach of the Vikings, former coach of the Cardinals, had some unbelievable sound bites. All time sound bites. They are man. who we With thought the Bears they were on Monday night. It is an all time. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. I mean, absolutely fantastic. So. Denny Green, and here, Bean, this might be the most famous person of all time, at least of the last 50 years, if you will, known worldwide and you know, kind of tasked with popularizing basketball across the globe. Uh, turning 58 years young today, and that will make me feel very old, Mr. Michael Jeffrey mm. Jordan, turning 58, so happy birthday to him. Uh, Denise Richards, holy smokes, literally turning 50 years old today. Uh <laughs> Paris Hilton turning 40 years old today, and Ed Sheeran turning 30 years old today. So a little bit of uh, programming notes there, uh, some special days that they, that they have today since you know yesterday was Fat Tuesday. Um, today is Random Acts of Kindness today, Beam. So you know what? See somebody, help them out, try to do something nice for someone else. That should be fantastic. And then or it's if you're also, going to a grocery store, how about this carp? Just clean up the cart corrals for the nice, uh, the nice workers at your local local grocery store. I mean, that's that's for sure an act of kindness. And yeah, it is. It's a, that's a kind that's an act of kindness for all of humanity. You know, just helping people out, putting those carts back, opening up spots, making sure they don't run into someone else's car just randomly blown by the wind. Always return your cards, folks. If you see someone that can't return it because they've got a lot going on, maybe a mom with a couple of kids, maybe someone that you know can't really move around as well, ask them if you could take their cart back. It'd be a terrific random act of kindness. Someone would thank you, and the people who are parking there whose cars will now be safe from the carts blowing around, they'll feel good as well. Um, it's also National Analog to Digital Day. Beam, you probably don't even remember this, but in 2009, so 12 years ago, Televisions were making the shift to conversion to all digital operations. That was a big deal twelve years oh, yeah. ago. Like people were freaking out about that. It's like the Y two K of uh, two thousand nine. <laughs> but that's I mean that was it was a big deal going to all digital. So that actually has happened. That is solidified now. So those are a couple things. Happy birthday, Michael Jordan. Happy birthday, Jim Brown. Maybe two of the greatest to ever play their mm-hmm. sport. Uh, born on February 17th. I mean, that is pretty amazing. What do you think Michael Jordan's getting into for his birthday today? I mean, I'd love to live a day in the life of MJ. He's got that sweet new golf course uh, down in Florida that he just opened, the Grove 23. I mean, I'd love to check that one off the bucket list. Carp, apparently, like, when you order food, like, you know how you do at any golf course, right? Order at the turn, whatever, make a call. People come drop it off to you. They literally airdrop it to you by drone. Like, wherever you're out on the golf course, like, they fly a drone out to you with a little package or drinks or whatever and just, like, airdrop it to you with a handoff. Like, it looks amazing. How do they get the drinks to you without them spilling? You think I have no part, clue. I need to girls? I need to further dive into this during the break so I can get it. But I think I saw a video of I think it was Lexi Thompson, uh, LPGA superstar, who was playing down there, and she did take a video. And it's literally like this drone with like I don't even know a string or a rope attached to it, and it's got this like uh, maybe they have cup holders like on the side of it, carp like this big bucket. It's a lot that's, of like, pressure though along. on the drone flyer though, Beam, to not spill. Hey man, we've got a beverage here. I'm drinking you know? a transfusion, man. You just dropped $2 worth of a sip right there. I mean, come on now. But that place looks unbelievable. So I don't know what he's he'd do whatever he wants. He's Michael Jordan, for God's sake. So a very, very happy birthday to him. Hopefully he's enjoying a nice round of golf. Do you, and think, hopefully- he, uh, do you think he sits down like at night beam? Because I'd like to envision the fact that he sits down and watches his ESPN documentary like this evening, just has a drink and smokes a cigar. 
I think I could get behind that with MJ doing that. I mean, really, just you're right in his living room, watching with his, his own documentary. Of course, he produced about yeah. himself. I could definitely see that, and then like him smiling from ear to ear, just with uh, the the whole Isaiah Thomas stuff. Like I could see that, just like an evil grin on MJ's face. So yeah, very happy birthday uh, to one of the greatest of all time to do it. Him and Jim Brown, like you said. I mean, Ed Sheeran's got a birthday today. Paris Hilton, like we got a whole lot of stuff happening today on February seventeenth. Little Hump Day edition of the program. Carp JJ Watt Ooh. apparently interested in the Cleveland Browns. Get into that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Things are much better than they were yesterday at this time on the area roads. No big accidents out there, but still watch for scattered slippery spots and keep in mind those lesser traveled roads are still snow covered. It's the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepy's. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. There's no better way to start your morning. Well, there's one way, but Beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore. You're listening to Morning Juice. Morning Juice! Right here on the fan, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this nice little Wednesday edition of the program. We hear a morning juice brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Finger, 624 in the morning, and that sounds quite delicious. So just posted a uh, video on the old Twitter machine. Follow along at Morning Juice 971 Carp. We're talking about how it's MJ's birthday today, and uh, I got a uh, got a video of the drone that was flying, and it's this nice little, nice little like, I don't even know, it's a like wide wide container that must be like specifically made for them. It looks like it's clipped on with the drone and they just airdrop it onto a green and I'm looking at it right now and it looks like they've got about 12 bottles of beer that they can hold in this sucker. Ooh. Like it is amazing, man. And so, I don't know, what maybe one of the best achievements that he's ever done in his entire life, which is saying a lot because the guy has done a whole lot of things including one of the uh, oh. most famous brands of course in the world with the Jumpman, winning six NBA championships, but having the foresight to airdrop drinks via drone might be up there for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, that's elite. And if you look at it, they actually have like some cocktails in their beam and they put lids on them so that they wouldn't spill. So like that's next level thinking. Way to solve a problem. You know what I bet Michael Jordan did? He started off with two coffees, a monster, and a whiteboard and said, how can we get drinks <laughs> to people in the middle of a golf round without human beings being there? Poof, David Copperfield will airlift them in. This will be, this will just be like, uh, you know, Black Hawk down. We'll be dropping in. We use these Black Hawk little <laughs> drones that have like 17 props on them. Do you see how many little propellers that thing had? Oh, I can. I mean, that's got some serious moving power, that drone. I mean, like, I, I don't know I what saw, that costs. I think Bubba Watson, that's the little pack he puts on his back and flies from green to green. <laughs> like, that's, do they have those there? Like, this might be a totally airborne golf course beam. Like, you don't ever have to touch the ground unless your feet are actually on the ground for hitting a shot. Outside of it, they just drop drinks to you from the sky and you put that little jetpack on and whoosh. 
just shoot right over to your next shot. Sounds I mean, amazing. the other video that I saw, two of them airdropping, airdropping a bag of food. Like, there was a caddy that was riding a motorcycle on a golf course. Like, I don't even know what the hell's going on down at this place. But it's something that uh, I'm very interested in. And uh, you know what, Carp? Maybe we'll have to charge this to winning and have you and I go down there and really do some homework on this. Like, get the Platinum Fox on board with this. It's obviously such a segment where we're interested in, in finding it out. So, like, do the homework. We'll have to get down there and maybe do this firsthand experience. What do you say? I mean, me, you, Shark, while we're down in Florida, our guy Schlegs, like, we'll poach him from Urban for the day, go down to Jupiter, maybe play Seminole while we're there. Like, we really need to get this going. Charge it to winning, and let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Listen, we can get Schlegs up there. I mean, if you really want, you could probably bring Urban up there as well. He'd probably love to. Love to come up there, play a little golf, do some of this, hang out a little bit, have drinks airdrop to you. I mean, that would be... uh That'd be elite, man. That'd be absolutely fantastic. So I, I think, Bean, that's something we might want to start working on for this spring. I think we might be able to get that arranged. I think we should, too. I mean, it's definitely one of the things. I've been trying to get Masters uh, press passes for years. And so uh, if, huh. if, that, if that never happens, Carp, this would be uh, quite the consolation prize. So, yes, a very, very happy birthday to Michael Jordan. Again, at Morning Juice 971, uh, you can see the video that we posted there of them dropping, airdropping the drinks on the golf course via drone. Carp, we know that J.J. Watt is a free agent, no longer a Houston Texan. And Mary Kay Cabot of the Plain Dealer, yesterday. We'll talk to Hayden Grove, by the way, coming up at 735 uh, about this situation that is unfolding with J.J. Said NFL Coach of the Year Kevin Stefanski just might find himself with a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year and J.J. Watt on his roster. Released by the Texans on Friday, Watt is seriously considering the Browns as one of his options because they have a lot of what he wants. Sources tell Cleveland.com the two biggest things, money and a potential Super Bowl. What's more, they have a strong supporting cast and a positive environment coming off a frustrating 4-12 and season. Watt wants to play for a Super Bowl contender, and the Browns check off that off the all-important box. They made it to the Final Eight last season, losing to the defending Super Bowl champs, as we know, with the Chiefs 22-17. to Watt also wants to get paid with his market value, and the Browns have the cap space to pay him. They're 10th in the NFL with about $21 million in cap space, and Watt was due to make 17 and a half mil in 2021, and will be probably looking for something in that ballpark. So good news for Browns fans, man. Got to be excited. J.J. Watt possibly wanting to uh, be up there in Berea with Miles Garrett and company. That's big time. Now, I don't think he's getting $17 million. Uh, I would probably venture to guess it'll be in the thir- 12 to 13 range, maybe 14. He's still a really good player. Don't get me wrong, but the Browns, they're in a very tenuous situation right here because they've had success. They're close. Heck, I mean, they're stopping Chad Henney away on a third and 14 scramble from mm-hmm. potentially being in the Super Bowl. You know, or being in the AFC Championship game, when you get there, I mean, who knows what can happen. And so I, I think they would have matched up very favorably. However, got a lot of cap space left, but you're going to start to have guys coming up for contracts that you're going to need to re-sign. Baker Mayfield being one of them. Chubb's going to be coming up here soon. You know, you've got some different dudes that, that are playing well that you've drafted that you're going to have to take care of. And so you don't want to necessarily take all that money this year and allocate to that. You want to probably start working on some of these guys' contracts. And so balancing the future with the present right now is what's going to be difficult for the Browns. Yeah, they have the most money of any real viable contender that is in need of defensive line help. So it checks a ton of boxes for J.J. Watt. He may not get to play with his brothers, but he could play against his brothers twice a year and be 
you know, what, an hour, a couple hours in a car ride away from them from mm-hmm. hanging out. You know, it'd be nice for their parents. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea, like, what order he's going to prioritize things. But I would say Cleveland has as good a shot as anybody at landing him based upon, you know, talking about his criteria, market value and winning. They're one of the few places that can provide both with a need at D-line. And, by the way, Beam, you've got Miles Garrett on the other side. And so it's going to free him up because J.J. Watt loves to have production, loves to be a star. That's something that could potentially happen in Cleveland. Yeah, and I think all the situations, right, that you're pointing towards and, you know, what What exactly is our situation, Dad? (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Uh, So it is is pretty wild to look at this, right, because the the whole thing has been, like, can Cleveland lure free agents to come there? And if you build a winning team, I think that obviously, you know, it doesn't matter where they're at. NFL stars will flock to your city. And so you just look at this, Carp, and what you're talking about. So let's go through the other contenders, right? I mean, you know, we know that Pittsburgh's in there, like you mentioned, with his two other brothers playing there that would be great i mean three of the negative cap space right exactly and that's the negative against them you got negative cap space up there with pittsburgh they would have to be able to figure this out and truly carp if i asked you this today when you're making this decision do you believe that big ben and the pittsburgh steelers are viable super bowl contenders heading into next year we know that ben is on his last legs we saw him kind of just not be able to move at all the last quarter of the season and so that has to be a real question for him like yes it would be great to play in Pittsburgh with my brothers. They won 11 games in a row. After that, they flamed out towards the end of the season. Are they a viable Super Bowl contender? You look at the other team that has been in the mix with the Green Bay Packers. Okay, Super Bowl contenders, no doubt. You're up there with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that's perfect. You get them. I'm not entirely sure what their cap space situation is. Uh, and then you look at Cleveland, massive cap space, a lot of winning still left to do. You got the head coach of the year in the NFL and a young organization and a roster. And two, you're not going to be the guy on the defensive line opposite of Miles Garrett, so all three of their situations kind of has their pros and cons. I can't really think of any other cons uh, th- with the Cleveland Browns. I, I, it's really not even coming to mind, Carp, if they're able to get this deal done and get him what he wants financially. Yeah, and that's uh, that's where it comes down to. Like The fact that he's not the man on the defensive line, I think that's honestly a positive for J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Because he's not going to be, he's going to be put in a positive situation playing with another elite player. And so he's not going to be asked to carry the load, but he will be the guy that gets all the single teams. And they'll put him, Miles Garrett, maybe beside each other sometimes, work some stunts and games. Like it, it would be phenomenal to have those two guys playing together. So yeah, it's, it's all about what's your value right now. You know, people say you want to win. Okay. Well, if you go to a place where they pay the most money and you don't think they have a viable shot to win because Pittsburgh, they can't give him money, and I don't think they're the great best place to win. Like it's it's a bad situation. The only thing they have right there is his brothers, and so that's that's positive. But outside of that, like they have a bunch of free agents. They've got an aging quarterback who's probably the third best quarterback right now in their division, probably maybe fourth, assuming Joe Burrow comes back healthy. AFC, it, it's it's a tough road with the Chiefs, um, but you saw what the Browns did against them. I. I I would say the Browns, like, they have as good a chance as anyone to sign him. Like, I would say that they're the leader, and I would say that makes sense, given the fact if he values winning and the fact getting market value, they're the team that can really provide both of those with a great playing environment. So we just laid out those options for you. What is Vegas saying about J.J. Watt's odds for his potential next landing spot? Give you those coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. 
This report is sponsored by Churches. We do have a vehicle fire keeping things slow on Hilliard Rome Road at I-70. Use some caution in the area. And just heading out today, you'll still want to be aware of scattered slippery spots. This season's hottest collection is dropping just in time for lunch. Featuring Church's new all-white meat Texas tenders accessorized with butterfly shrimp. Flavor this big's always on point. Snag your Texas tenders and shrimp meal today for just 5 bucks. Church's, bring in that down-home flavor. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Track. Live, local, loud, very loud. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice, right here on The Fan. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Right now you can join the Fan 10 TV and the Ohio Education Association as we honor classroom heroes. In these weird times, teachers and educators need our support and recognition more than ever. Nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash hero. So go to the Fan website, check that out, and nominate your hero today. So just talking about J.J. Watt, of course, man. He is a free agent. Wherever he's going to go, he's going to bolster those teams' odds for a Super Bowl. Talking about the Cleveland Browns uh, and their odds to get him, Mary Kay Cabot of the, clean, of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, uh, yesterday saying that J.J. Watt is realistically interested in the Browns. They have the cap space to be able to sign him. And, of course, it gives him a viable opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Now, let that sink in, Browns fans. I mean, you are being talked about as a viable place for a free agent to go to be able to chase a ring. Carp, that is something that we have not said here in whatever sort of sports media that we are doing, sports radio, especially here in Columbus and in Ohio, that the Browns have a realistic shot at winning a Super Bowl in a long, long time. Like these are uncharted waters that we're getting into with the Browns right now. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, you st- stole the word that Mary Kay Cabot used, which I think was an unbelievably important qualifier and something that's incredibly ironic. With the fact that the Browns obviously were a couple plays away from making the AFC Championship game last year, but they said the Browns were a realistic contender mm-hmm. not like something like pipe dreamers throwing out hey browns have tons of cap space you want to go there strong tradition yeah maybe they haven't been to the playoffs in 25 years but who cares you know the browns are your team no realistic like the fact that that was in there like the is is amazing because i don't i'm trying to think of another nfl franchise being that you would have to put like a realistic shot in front of because that implies that generally there'd be some unrealistic level that he would want to sign there. <laughs> so you have to like bring everybody back, being like, there's a realistic shot we could actually go play Michael Jordan's golf course. Exactly. What do you mean, Bob? Like, well, I know that you wouldn't normally be able to play it, but I think we could get some phone calls and get it done. Oh, okay. Thanks for qualifying that for me and letting me know where we were. Like, hey, we have a realistic shot of signing J.J. Watt. So you're saying we wouldn't have before? No, it's exactly what I'm saying, because no one wanted to play here before. And so it's awesome that they just kind of slide that in there. Mm-hmm. And like... It's something you know you don't really pay a lot of attention to, but it's something that's incredibly funny because there's a lot of truth to it. So Browns fans, you got to own that. And now that people, you know, it might be a free agent destination. You look around the AFC, Baltimore's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You've got Kansas City. Okay, you start looking around here. Indy, you know what? What are they going to be like? You know, how good are they going to be? Buffalo, yeah, they're good, but. I mean, you start looking like, is there anybody outside of Kansas City you would say is clearly better than the Browns, better roster? Like, I don't think you would say that right now. And Kansas City, like, if you look at the methodology of how they were beat, like, Browns have a lot of those ingredients. You know, as long as they get really good quarterback play, they'll be they'll be right there. So, realistic, I think you have to put it in there, but I think it's also very true. 
Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It is. You can tweet at us at MorningJuice971 if you are a Browns fan. Would you like to see J.J. Watt on the roster, and what are your thoughts of them uh, being entertained as a potential landing spot for the big-time free agent coming over from Houston? So according to Bet Online, one of Scotty Vegas' favorite websites uh, that he goes to, Carp, to get all of his uh, odds and insides on everything, has, uh, has odds listed for J.J. Watt. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are actually listed as the favorite as 5-2, to two, so about 2.5-1 to one odds for the Pittsburgh Steelers to sign J.J. Watt. A team that you mentioned right there as well are the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are listed at 4-1. to one, The Packers are listed at 4-1. to one, And then right behind them, right on their heels, the Cleveland Browns are listed to five, at 5-1. to one. So those are your top four favorites right now to sign J.J. Watt right now in free agency. And again, I just keep hearkening back to this with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a mess of a salary cap that they're going to have to deal with this year. And if you are truly good Going to a destination where you want to win a Super Bowl. And I know the family thing has got to play a big key, right? I mean, how damn cool would that be in the NFL to play with your two brothers? To have three brothers on the same team, that would be amazing. Highest level of the league that you could possibly get in the game of football to be playing alongside your bros. Like, that would be something that would be just remarkable. But can they make it happen with their with their salary cap? I mean, we were just talking about a couple of weeks ago, Bob, with the Pittsburgh Steelers having to restructure Ben Roethlisberger's deal to be able to get him to play next year like if they keep him on his normal salary cap and his cap hit and his dead cap right now they would not be able to play him or they would have to like trim trim fat on their roster to be able to pay him now I think that'll get worked out you have Marquise Pouncey who just announced his retirement but the Bills I think are the other interesting one right because you can look at these rosters and say boy Buffalo okay they were the same thing got to the AFC title game had the chance against the Kansas City Chiefs and really I mean just got ran out of the building Brownies put up a better performance sure Mahomes went out of the game later on, but you're looking at these top four teams, Pittsburgh two and a half to one, uh, Buffalo at four to one, Packers at four to one, and the Brownies at five to one. So right there, I mean, you're among the amongst the four favorites in the league to be able to sign this guy. And I tell you what, man, it all comes down to his realistic expectations. Does he want to win a Super Bowl? Does he want to make a lot of money or does he want to play with his family? Those are the things that he's going to have to decide. Yeah, and you can probably only get two of those three things yep. based upon where everything is. Think about this, though, Bean. This is what's great about the NFL. You have a guy who just got released from the Houston Texans, three-time Defensive Player of the Year award winner. Like Only him and Darren Donald are the active guys that can say that, and there's not too many guys who've won multiple of those ever. So, I mean, J.J. Watt is a surefire Hall of Famer. Look at the places that he's talking about going to, the destinations, the tropical metropolises yeah. <laughs> of Green Bay, of Buffalo, of Cleveland. Oh, and then on side nugget, the outside shot, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what's fantastic about the NFL is, you know what, it's set up for parity. And so when you're at the top, you, you, you enjoy it, but you hate having to draft at the bottom and hate having to see your guys walk because you can't pay them. If you're at the bottom of the heap, there's hope eternal because you're always getting high draft picks and you always usually should have tons of calories, salary cap space as long as you're not just wasting your, your money. Um, and so you look at how the Browns and Bills have built this thing. Like They were those teams. They've built up. And now you have arguably one of the top five free agents on the market who the places he's choosing to look and go to are places that five, six years ago nobody would have ever signed outside of Green Bay. But even then, they don't sign a lot of free agents. Mm. And not a lot of guys probably really want to go to Green Bay. I mean, I tell people like this, AJ's from Dayton. He basically played, I don't even know if you'd say it's Dayton. It's more like a Springfield beam that just has a professional football team. Yeah. I mean, it's 
it is Green Bay. There, it is. There's not much to to do up there, and it's cold a lot. You think like this is bad? This is like four months. We got like three weeks of snow, and so you know Buffalo, Cleveland, Green Bay. I mean, these are the places he's looking at, and that is why the NFL is so successful. They've mastered it in a way that few other or, a French or uh, professional sports leagues have, because. You can be a fan of those teams and not worry about your guys just always leaving or about never being good. Like they've done it, and now those teams are viable contenders. And you look know, at the odds to win the Super Bowl. Like those are those yep. three teams. I would say all three of them are in the top eight to ten. I know Green Bay's right up there. I know Buffalo's up there. You know Cleveland, were they a ten to one? I mean, they're I hanging so, right yeah. there too. Like they're 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 a viable contender as well. And so that's why JJ Watt's looking at potentially signing there. Being from Wisconsin doesn't necessarily hurt. So he's not yeah, I was going to gonna say, like, maybe if you know he was from yeah. like Fort Lauderdale or something, you know. it might be different. But yeah, growing up in Wisconsin, yeah, sure, I'll play in the cold. It doesn't really bother me. Maybe he's missed it down in Houston so much, Carp, that he just really wants to get back to the cold weather and enjoy the nice snow that we've been having over the last couple of months. You know, it's tough when you're a cold weather dude, and I went down to Dallas, played there. You know, you, your blood starts to get like thin, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like when you first go down there, it's tough getting used to. It. And then when you, I would come back every winter, it would take me like two weeks. It would just be bone chilling. Why am I like so get, cold? God, oh, I used to wear shorts time. and a hoodie in this. What am I doing? Because on the on the other side of it, it's not that you're just dealing with like the random, like the average cold that you're getting in the winter in the south. You're talking, you're dealing with the extreme heat, and so like I don't know if a person's body is able to deal with you know, like 110 degrees and also 10 degrees within mm-hmm. like three or four months of each other. Like it's too much, especially if you're asking that body to like go out and perform at a high level physically outside. Like it's, it's like, listen, I, I can, I can run in two modes. We've got like cheetah mode, heat mode and polar bear mode. Like those are, <laughs> those are the two modes we can get into, but I can't be both for you, buddy. Like we can either thicken this blood up, like get a little extra layer of, uh, you know, uh, of some fat right there that you can put. Uh, put in in between the skin and your muscles to help keep you warm, or we can just go super leaned out, blood like water, and you run all day like a cheetah and you sweat a lot, but we'll keep you cool. Like those are your options because I can't give you both. Never so seen a polar bear running sixty five yes. miles an hour. <laughs> no polar. You don't ever see any polar bears in Alaska, and you don't ever see any cheetahs or polar bears in Africa, and you don't see any cheetahs in Alaska. Beam. Yeah, exactly. That. They're designed that way. That was a great metaphor for the day, General. All right, we're going to head to the national landscape and throw some quick hitters coming up next. Morning juice right here on the fan from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Discover. There is a vehicle fire on Hilliard Rome Road at I-70. Expect some slowdowns there and just be aware of some scattered slippery spots today. Discover matches all of the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like they're cramming a full year's worth of cash back into one of those cash-shaped birthday cards. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan. Big dudes, bigger opinions. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice, right here on the fan. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this Wednesday edition of the program. Right now, time to throw some quick hitters. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Shark, good morning to you. How was your drive? I imagine a little better than yesterday. Perfect. Absolutely dry this morning, but uh, things going to change for tomorrow morning, I'm sure. Offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson was the Tennessee Titans' first-round draft pick just 10 months ago out of the University of Georgia, 29th overall pick. His rookie season in the NFL consisted of four 
snaps. Mm. He was on the reserve COVID list twice, arrested for DUI when he lost control of his vehicle, hit a concrete wall. And the Titans have just about had enough. GM John Robinson said yesterday that they put Wilson on the reserve non-football injury list and basically questioned his work ethic and professionalism. Uh, Bobby, first-round pick or not, the leash appears to be pretty short. Well, because they don't owe these guys as much money as they used to. And so they have more, a little bit more guaranteed, but it's not like you have this massive uh, albatross of a salary hanging over your head. So you've got to earn it. Earn it. And uh, Isaiah Wilson, I mean, I don't know if you remember going back like into I training camp or before that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. He got busted for like, going out like on a college party or something. Yeah. You're talking about quarantining. He was thinking the- about jumping off of a deck, getting away from the cart, or getting away from the cop's cart. I remember talking about that at the time. Like It was uh, quite the bumpy situation there. You know, and that's, I would have respected him more had he jumped off the deck to get away. <laughs> I mean, trample the weak, hurdle the dead, get the job done, like whatever it takes. I mean, I've got legendary stories of friends of mine getting out of parties from, you know, high school and college, whatever it took. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I think I told you this, whenever my, one of my friends, whenever he would walk into a place, I mean, he would always survey the scene. He mm-hmm. was like a fire inspector trying to make sure that he always knew that there was a route to get out of the house. For fear of fire, no. For fear of getting in trouble. So whether wherever he was at, he always had a window. If he's on the second floor, he liked a balcony out there to make sure to give him a, a good place to, to find a landing spot should he have to eject. And so Isaiah Wilson didn't even have that. Like, this is tough because you draft a guy yep. you know, to be the right tackle of the future when you lose your current guy in free agency – a la the Browns, all of a sudden now, like the guy that you expected to go in there and help you pound the ball with King Henry, like he's a king turd. Like this is tough. Like when you, you the one thing that's really hard to judge is a guy's character and work ethic and desire because they can sometimes fool you, man. Some of these guys are great in the meetings. And so now all of a sudden you're, you've got a huge hole to fill and they're trying everything they can to motivate this dude. Yeah, it's a pretty wild scenario, man. I mean, first-round pick and didn't play uh, only in four snaps this season. And uh, I'm sure that's not what Tennessee was expecting. But he's got to buckle up, man. It's, uh, it's a dog-eat-dog world in the NFL. And if you want to stay around, have some staying power, you got to get your, uh, yourself in shape and get yourself in gear because we know one thing, Carf, that Mike Vrabel uh, will not put up, this, put up with this for much longer. So you got an off-season, and if you don't put in the work, I'm sure uh, Tennessee's going to have to take measures into their own hands and really uh, you know, think about cutting this guy. And Beamer, it might be 7 degrees right now in Columbus, but it's going up to 66 today in Phoenix, and that's Woo! great news because pitchers and catchers are reporting to spring training. Happy day to you, Shark. And as the great English poet Alexander Pope once wrote, hope springs eternal within the human breast, which translated means everybody's tied for first place when spring training starts. Yeah, absolutely, man. You look at this, except for the Baltimore Orioles. I was looking at an article from Fangraphs Carp. Everybody has a slight percentage chance to make the playoffs. I think the Reds are somewhere at like 18%. Indians somewhere in that that range as well. The Baltimore Orioles Carp, with a projected season standings, their projection was 0.0% chance of making the playoffs. So it's literally impossible for the Orioles to do that. So a happy day to you, Shark. Spring training starts. Baseball fans everywhere. And our guy, Timmy Hall, who is a big Baltimore Orioles fan. Just a season of misery on your way. Yeah, it's uh, well, I'm sure there's some percentage, but eventually, Beam, you have to round it at some point. And, like, they're not even functionally enough to be any type mm-hmm. of contender for anything. And so it's like, you know what? Do we risk taking this out like five decimal places just to get some sort of number in there outside of zero? Nah, we're good. We'll just leave it at zero. Um, there's always a chance you can get in here. It's crazy spring training starting. 
I'm curious to see like how baseball looks because they're the only yeah. ones that I think thoroughly botched everything that went on last year mm-hmm. as far as being able to handle this and losing a window of opportunity. And so I'm curious to see how things bounce back and if they do it all, just because I feel like baseball is out of sight, out of mind for so many people for so long. Yeah, I do too. And the CBA negotiations that are going to come up, Carp, it's going to be uh, oh, yeah. quite the ugly one. I mean, you're going to have players digging in, you're going to have owners digging in. So that is something that baseball fans, I'm sure, are not looking forward to after the conclusion of this season. All right, we're going to get you caught up with everything that's going on in the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack. And Carson Wentz, unwilling to leave Philadelphia right now. Details on that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. We do have traffic slowing on I-70 westbound between Miller-Kelton and the 71 east split. Also an accident on the exit ramp of I-70 westbound right at 5th Avenue. Expect some slowdowns in that area. When you're ready to buy a new home and want a mortgage lender who can help you plan with certainty, Rocket can. Get a personalized loan option, closing costs and tax estimates all in real time. Rocket can. Rocket Mortgage. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Trek. One of these guys voluntarily ripped off his toenail. I don't have anything else to say. You're listening to Morning Juice. Morning Juice. Right here on The Fan, hour number two of the program, Brandon Beam, the general Bobby Carpenter, and of course, our great producer, Mark the Shark, attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this Wednesday edition of the program. If you'd like to follow along for the fun on Twitter, you can do so at MorningJuice971 is where we live. You can see cool videos of uh, Michael Jordan's drone that he has uh, dropping off drinks at his golf course, the Grove 23. You can also catch all of our interviews that we do after the show. Today's platter for you, Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com will join us, talk about the J.J. Watt situation up there in Cleveland. What are they looking like in the offseason and the Brownies? Uh, what are they possibly going to do in the draft? So he will join us here in about a half hour's time. And then at 8.35, Colin Hill of 11 Warriors will join us talk all things Buckeye hoops as they get ready for a tussle against the Nittany Lions tomorrow in Happy Valley. Again, at Morning Juice 971. If you miss those interviews in live time, you can always go to our Twitter account and listen to those about 15 to 20 minutes after the show. General, you are on Twitter at BCARP3. I am there at BrandonBeam971. And our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark, is on Twitter at SharkOnSports. Right now, time for a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the largest selection of pool tables in Central Ohio. We've officially gone to DEFCON 5 in our house, Carp. I mean, it's gone from quite the nice little morning that we're having, you know, no big deal. Meredith gets up, she works out, she comes downstairs, eats breakfast, lets the dog out. From about 10 minutes ago to where we are at now, we are in DEFCON 5. Like, we have, we've just, we've, we've lost our minds because we cannot find her wallet. And if anybody has done that, which a lot of people have, and everybody has an experience of that where you're just unable to track that sucker down, that is a harrowing experience. So that's what we're currently going through at our house right now, Carp. She was going out the door, she's checking the backpack, checking the purse, like checking the office, all the things that she could possibly, you know, all the places she could have left it. Hasn't left the house since Sunday. She's like, I bought gas on Sunday when I was going to softball practice. Like, all these different things. Like, is it at the gas station? Is it at the gym? Is it at school? Had Monday off for President's Day. Yesterday, we didn't leave the house. So, like, right now, it is a full-on, like all-on, like, manhunt search for her wallet. It is a terrible feeling, I gotta tell you. 
Well, you know what, Beam, that stuff happens fairly regularly in our house. You know, with the four kids, we mm-hmm. were already looking for my oldest son's iPad, which he let his youngest brother borrow for some unknown reason. I'm like, buddy, you got to have that thing. It's got to be charged and ready today. So I looked for it last night, couldn't find it everywhere. Basically, men, it was in one of their bedrooms. Thankfully, they found it this morning. This happens a lot with my lovely wife, Courtney, and her keys. You know, she sets them down, kind of yep. drift away. You know what Beam alleviates that is every place has a home. Mm-hmm. Every or everything has a home. If you always put it in the same place, <laughs> right. then you always know where it is. And so maybe while I'll, we can sit down, I can have a little Zoom meeting, you know. And uh, yes, or Monday in my leadership class, I took over teaching for Schlegs. Discipline was the the characteristic or the trait that we were talking about. And we're we're always gonna when we come home. You know what we do? We're gonna take our keys. We're gonna take our wallet. We're gonna take our phone. Whatever it is, we're gonna put them in the same spot every single day. And so when we do that, then when people ask where it is, it's well. You know where you know where her wallet is, Beam? It's where she left it. Mm-hmm. If you always leave it in the same spot, then you always know where it is. And so that may not do anything to help you in the current situation, but moving <laughs> <Right>. forward, <laughs> we're going to try to try to create some great habits here and, and instill some of these unbelievable uh, traits and opportunities to be able to improve and to eliminate this frantic search. Because I know how that stuff goes. It's absolutely awful. Now, here's the thing. What do you think your wife needs her wallet for today, anyway? I mean, nothing really. I mean, just to have her ID on her with for what in case for she's going to go what go, you know, take a lunch break and go, you know, have some drinks somewhere, some cocktails during the day. I mean, Barrio does a nice little lunch special. So I'm right, saying right she there, walks Grandview. down there. Could be. Yeah, why not? Sure. I mean, maybe a nice little uh, Grandview Cafe carp. I mean, that's within striking distance from oh, the school. Yeah. I mean, get a couple of mojitos on your lunch break and then, uh, you know, just kind of wander back over and teach the PM classes. What could be wrong with that? Yeah, it's kind of like college. You know, you have some lunch, you, you wander <laughs> into a happy hour. You know, you get pulled in. I think it was called, what, O-Patio when you were in school, Beam? Yeah, Four yeah, kegs? Of course. Yeah. You're just drifting. Oh, wait. I'll just pop in here for a minute, an hour and a half later. Oh, I do you guys, uh, do you do schooner night at Chumley's at 1 o'clock <clears throat> in the afternoon? I mean, what's happening here? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they do that. So that that could be Meredith's option. Outside of that, Beam, you know, I mean, you've got the electronic pay vehicles if you need anything like that. Unless she needs gas, that's the only thing. So you you may want to be like her dad and give her a 20 when she walks out the door mm-hmm. just in case she needs to get some gas and smokes. But outside of that, man, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of really any other reason she'd need money at school, you know? No, I can't either. I mean, the lunch, she's already packed lunch. Like, she's good on that front. So you're right. I don't know why. I told her, and I'm like, I will upend this house, like, when you leave to be able to find this sucker. But if I get a text that's saying, like, it's in my desk at school or something like that, I'm not going to be, not going to be entirely thrilled about it. So I have no clue. I have no idea where it's at. But apparently that's what's uh, awaiting me at 9 a.m. Carp is just uh, really tearing apart this house to look for this wallet. So uh, we're excited about that. But, yes, lesson of today, everything has a home. And put your lovely things in that home. Like, when I get home, keys go go on the rack, Carp. Wallet goes in our nice little cubby. Phone stays on me. There we go. When I'm walking out the door, we're good to go. Face mask, keys, wallet, poof, we're on our way. Speaking of everything has a home and – what are you too good for your home ball? Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to your home today. I believe is it the twentieth? No, I think it would have to be the twenty fifth anniversary of Happy Gilmore winning that gold jacket. Amazing. Then you want to talk about like, dating yourself? Think about that. He this was the uh, date twenty five years ago that Happy Gilmore upset Shooter McGavin with the tutelage of all time upset. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, just a dude off the street coming in, a <laughs> hockey player playing golf. Homeless dude know? is his caddy. 
You know, I mean, I mean eating the eating, <laughs> taking the quarter off of the putting green, using the Nabisco cracker for the uh, for the ball marker. ball marker. Really, some amazing stuff right there out of Happy and Happy and his uh, his gang of hooligans who he created. Well, Virginia Bennett as the PR director there. I mean, <laughs> absolutely great. I mean, you know, she was able to come back and have a phenomenal role in uh, Modern Family, which I was like, that, that's what really drew me in. I'm like, that's Virginia Bennett. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely watching this now. Suspended? Is- Kick him off the tour, Doug. Happy, no you got to calm things down yeah. here. <laughs> She's attracting a new youthful audience. I saw two big fat bikers in the woods off 17 having sex. How am I supposed to chip with that going on? This isn't a, this is the tour, Doug. This isn't a rock concert. It's so really- you know what's oh, unbelievable man. though is that all happened, you know, right on the precipice of like Tiger Woods yeah, of course. becoming Tiger Woods. And not that it, it changed golf to that extreme to where it was just a straight party, but you know, then all of a sudden you, is it the Phoenix Open that you yeah, have? Oh, down yeah, there? sure. I mean, and now, you attracted, you know, a younger audience that was maybe a non-traditional golf fan, but more just of a general sports fan. Tiger Woods kind of did that. Happy Gilmore, maybe there was a place in there for that as well, but like that, that kind of became an issue for some golf traditionalists where, hey, get the phones off, especially when cell phones came, phones off the course, keep it down back there. I mean, there was a lot of things going on that they never had to experience before. And that's what happens when you have growth and, you know, people that maybe aren't classical golf fans their whole life. They go to a golf, and it's, it's a sporting event to them, not necessarily just a, a round of golf that they're what watching. What do you mean I have to be quiet during a backswing? I don't have make to be quiet noise. at any yeah, happy, sporting event they, I go to. But Happy Gilmore makes some noise back there. Yeah, Come can on. we make some noise, people? Like, let's get this thing a little juiced up. Ricky Fowler, all-time moment at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, did the same thing, Carp, was like in his pre-shot routine, and he kind of looked around, and he kind of like gave the raise the roof, like bring yeah. the noise sound. That's amazing. All golf, I'm not, well, I'm, I guess I'm not saying all golf <laughs> tournaments should be like that in my mind like i want all golf tournaments to be like that i know it will never happen like quietness during a player's backswing like okay that's fine i understand that whatever they're trying to be focused in but like let's throw some comments out here like let's get cheering going you know while players are hitting shots and doing it like i'm cool with that i'm all good i'm a golf fan why not make it a sporting arena experience let's go people so what was great is goodness probably was right after the final four was in houston i don't know how many years ago that was Gosh, my son was probably like five at the time, and he's 11 now. So probably five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Um, you know, I went down to the Final Four with Tony in Houston, got a chance to meet Jim Nance, talking to him after the after the uh, uh, tournament, having uh, dinner down there. <clears throat> the Papa Brothers, absolutely phenomenal steakhouse in Houston. He's like, hey, you know, you're still in Columbus? And I'm going to say Nance's his wife is from I think Nance's wife is from Ohio. Really? If I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. I, I, I feel like that's the case. He's like, yeah, it's like my home away from home. Love it up there. And um anyway he's like, hey if you ever had the tournament, you know, hit me up. You know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, we go out every year. And so he uh he I call him through Tony. We go over we get to go up, sit in the booth while he's calling stuff. It's amazing. awesome. You know, Jack comes up there. I've got pictures of my son they actually had the, the TV guy said to tell him he was sitting beam up there in the clubhouse with his feet hanging over the ledge. <laughs> and when they were shooting back behind the golfers, walking up, you could see him. And they're like, someone on TV said he needs to get his butt out of there. If that kid fell off of that on national television, we would be done. Well, I wonder if the <laughs> golfers are using the focal point. Like, hey, you know, you see those kids' feet that are hanging out the windows? Like, aim there. That'll be a perfect shot. Yeah, so it's... uh. 
it's absolutely you know crazy and fantastic. So we're out there, and then we got to go down, and Tiger Woods was walking through, and um, which is always mayhem. You know, it's we got to be behind the got to be behind the rope, and you know I'd met Tiger with Tony before a couple times, and you know, he looks at me and gives me you know I, I kind of nod at him, gives me the nod, and there's a guy like right across from me, and I give it like the head turn. He sees the dude has the picture beam. Of his DUI mugshot <laughs> on like, the, the whole the whole T-shirt is the the Tiger DUI mugshot and Tiger like looks at him smiles and like gives him a thumbs up. I'm like, this is where we've gone with golf now. It's absolutely fantastic. Like where you can have a guy who's as famous, you know, the second best golfer clearly in the history of the game, has one of the most embarrassing moments of his life, and someone's wearing a full framed. T-shirt of that face shot right there, and the guy can look at it, laugh, and smile. And like the dude was so pumped that Tiger acknowledged it and actually loved it. Like, I mean, he was proud. Like he was a fan. He wasn't trying to harass him. He was wearing it as like a badge of honor. It is amazing, man. I mean, I think I've seen that video, Carp. I think it's somewhere, you know, maybe on uh, one of you know one of the deep di- deep dark websites. I have no no clue where it's at, but I think you can pretty much find that video of him. And he's got like the wry smile as he walks past him, and the oh, dude just yeah. like it's awesome. His mind. Oh, I'm with you, man. I miss the Memorial Tournament so much. Like, we talk about sporting events and everything, like how we, you know, just miss doing everything. I saw Tom Brady, you know, stumbling off of the, uh, the boat parade that they had down there, and it made me miss the birdie bar when the Corn Ferry Tour, tour rolls in. I mean, you guys with Carpenter and Rothman usually would do the show from out there. You know how uh, crazy that that can get, Carp. Oh. I miss that. I miss sitting on the Adirondack chairs at number 12 at Mirfield. I mean, sitting on the hillside at number 14 and then watch, watching them come up 18. God, man, like, just get live sports back. I just I need to go to a sporting event right now, and there's no better way to spend a nice like spring afternoon or fall afternoon out on the golf course watching these dudes just tear Jack's place apart. Like it's stupid. I caddied there for a couple of years. Like the fact that they go low and shoot 64s or 65s around that track is just like incredible to me every single time that they can do it. So you're right. I mean, it was uh, 25 years ago today uh, that Happy Gilmore was released. Was looking up Adam Sandler carp. He uh, he had a nice little video too. I mean, he looks a little bit older, as we know. 25 years of age will do that. And he actually got on there. He was playing some golf yesterday and uh, did the swing. And I gotta say, the Happy Gilmore swing is still in there. He gets done with the swing and he just goes, well, I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely crushed it as well. Shooter put out a video. I don't know the <laughs> actor's name of him just putting in the house. He did the guns. Like, it's amazing what that what that movie did and how it's 25 years old. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. No, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It was one of my favorite ones growing up, and we used to watch it all the time. Loved Adam Sandler, whether it was Billy Madison, uh, Big Daddy, mm-hmm. at, uh, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, another underrated Water classic. Boy. But you know, Water Boy was it was absolutely terrific. So Shooter McGra- McGavin played by one Christopher McDonald beam. So there you go. Perfect. This is Shooter's Tour. What are you even talking about? Pew, pew. All right, we'll get to the Carson Wentz story come up or coming up next. And one team is hung up on one detail about Carson Wentz. Get into that next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. We do have an accident blocking the exit ramp from I-670 westbound to 5th Avenue. Also, we do have a vehicle fire, Hilliard-Rome Road at I-70. The President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepy's. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. 
I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan. Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice, right here on The Fan. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this hump day edition of the program. We hear a Morning Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, 724 in the morning, and that sounds quite sublime. So Carson Wentz, General, is... A fascinating off-season story. What is going to happen with the Eagles quarterback? Well, the Eagles still want to trade quarterback Carson Wentz, and Wentz still wants to be traded. That reality, though, coupled with Wentz's and golf, the uh, the golf like golf like contract. Boy, that was a tongue twister. Uh, is keeping the Eagles from getting any kind of trade offer that they would like to receive? Les Bowen of the Phil- Philadelphia Inquirer, in an article explaining the delay in the trade, writes that quote: "The league sources doubt GM Howie Rose." has been offered a first-round pick of any sort for Wentz this year or in the future. Recently, Eagles legend Ron Jaworski said that the Colts have offered a pair of second-round picks with the possibility of an additional third- or fourth-round selection down the road. Two weeks after the news emerged of the trade that sends Matt Stafford to the Rams and Jared Goff to the Lions, the reality remains that Wentz compares more to Goff than to Stafford. And a lot of people believe, Carp, that the Philadelphia Eagles are over-asking what their value is for Carson Wentz, you pair that with the production that he had last year behind a bad offensive line and also the monumental contract that he has. He's got the the third highest uh, salary cap moving forward until like 25 or 26. Uh, it's, uh, It's a hard pairing to swallow, man, if you want to get Carson Wentz on your team. Like, there's a lot of things. The Eagles want too much and he's a damn expensive quarterback when the when the salary cap is shrinking to be able to get on your roster. Yeah. Um the comparison of Carson Wentz to Goff I think is more than Stafford. I think that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he has more talent than Goff does, more ability, but you know last year the last couple of years in Philly it's been it's been rough on him. His confidence is shaking. No one's offering a first round pick. It's because of that albatross of a contract. Like yeah. you're inheriting 3 years of a salary cap here that you know what you can't get out of. And so Philly's trying to get out of it. They're going to take a massive cap hit. Even when they move him, they're not getting a first-round pick. Paris seconds is the best they're going to do. Now, Indy, I think, is foolish for not getting involved in this. And the part of it goes to their GM, Chris Ballard, who's really good, but he always feels like he needs to win the trade. And sometimes if you need a quarterback and you have everything else, winning the trade is simply winning on the field. And so if you have to slightly overpay for something, but it's going to give you the results on the field, you do it. You do it, and so I can't believe they're not involved. I think they're playing a little game of chicken here. I think it's a smart move for the Bears. You've thrown a couple of first, uh, second round picks out mm-hmm. out there. I mean, these are two guys. You got Mitch Trubisky, who was drafted second overall, and Carson yeah. Wentz, who was taken second overall. Traded up for Mitch too. Yeah, Maserati himself. Why not? Perfect. And I and I believe Philly traded up to get mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, if I'm not mistaken. Sure Maybe. did. I mean, so you can have those guys. If you have two number two overall picks on your team, does that assure, does that assure you? A great starting quarterback? Probably not. You would think that it could, but it doesn't. And so Chicago, great defense. They need to find a way to resign Allen Robinson. The only way they're doing that is if they can bring in a viable quarterback. I don't even know if Carson Wentz does that. I know. So he's not getting I don't I don't think they're getting a first rounder for him. I don't think so. Like anybody who has a lot of assets that wants to go get somebody, they're still holding on hope for Deshaun Watson. So I'm curious to see if and when he moves. I'm imagining he's going to be traded. I think mm-hmm. Chicago is probably the likely destination. But they said the hesitation is coming from Wentz's end because he would prefer yeah. Indy. But 
Indy's not giving up anything else. So this is a nice little game of chicken we got going here, Beam. Yeah, it sure is. Albert Breer was talking to Colin Cowherd on Monday. He said this. I said, our guy, Albert Breer, he said this. Uh, I think Chicago is the front runner this morning. I do know there's a feeling inside the building from Ryan Pace, who's the Bears GM, from the coaching staff, Matt Nagy, John Filippo. They do believe mechanically that they can fix him. I think the issue right now is uh, where Carson Wentz wants to go. I think it's become pretty clear he'd rather go to IndyCarp, what you were saying. And I think part of it now for the Eagles, is all right. If our best return is now Chicago over Indy, then we need to convince Carson Wentz this is the only place you're going, bud, and you need to buck up and accept this and realize yep. the Bears are going to give you a pretty good chance. I think it's pretty clear at this point the Bears have pushed harder than the Colts to get Carson Wentz, and I think the Bears would like to at least know that Carson Wentz is on board before pulling the trigger on the trade. So, like, this this whole deal, Carp, that is going to happen has, like, layers of inception like what's the best for the Eagles but Carson Wentz doesn't want to go to the Bears he wants to go to the Colts but the Colts at the same time aren't offering you as much in return and so like each part each team in this kind of negotiation is holding their cards very close to their chest and nobody is blinking so it seems that there's two teams interested in Carson Wentz that you have the Bears giving them the better offer you have the Colts giving them a worse offer but Carson Wentz doesn't want to play in Chicago so uh, this thing could be an absolute mess this offseason yeah it is shaping up to be that way. And when I, I forget who it was, it was, Albert Breer, Mike Tannenbaum, one of the guys we had on, Field Yates, one of them, said, you know, you could see 18 teams with new starting quarterbacks. I think it was Mike. Year. I think it was Mike Tannenbaum. I mean, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility at all. When you start looking at the carousel and how it's spinning, we haven't gotten to the draft yet. Heck, we're not even, right. we're about almost a combine season, technically. So there's going to still be a lot more movement to be had. Um, there's going to be backup quarterbacks that are moving, and teams now view it like if you don't think you can win a Super Bowl with them, like they're moving on. Like it's not, hey, are we better than we were before? Well, we don't care about that. All we care about is being able to go get dubs. I mean, and dubs even, in Super Bowls. Yeah, and winning, eating dubs, too. I mean, you want to do that. Haven't talked about Jameis at all. Haven't talked about Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Hardly Carp. I mean, Russell Wilson, what's happening up there? Aaron Rodgers still, I mean, has the thing up there in Green Bay hanging over his head. So you're right, man. There are a ton of quarterback options heading into this offseason. And the one right now that is most pressing and looks like the deal uh, is going to get done is Carson Wentz. His name is being flying around uh, just every single day. There is something new coming out of the ex-Philadelphia quarterback. I shouldn't even say ex. I mean, he's still on the roster and is still being paid there, but all signs are pointing towards uh, that he is not going to be the Eagles quarterback heading into next season. Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com. He's going to join us next to talk some Browns offseason. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. We do have a vehicle fire, Hilliard Rome Road at I-70. Use some caution in the area. Also on I-670 westbound at 5th Avenue, we do have a partial ramp blockage there because of a crash. And I-670 westbound at Cleveland Avenue, there is an accident. It's the President's Day Sale at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day Sale at Mattress Firm. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan. If morning juice were a smell, it would be a combination of Ben Gay and undercarriage. Heavy on the undercarriage. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice, 
Right here on the fan, Brandon Beam, the general, Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this hump day edition of the program. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, checking with our good friend from Cleveland.com, Hayden Grove. Hayden, happy belated birthday, bud. Good to talk to you here on a Wednesday. What's happening? Oh, thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. You know, I'm just sitting here cold like everybody else. I know it's uh, it's crazy. What's the uh, what's the situation up there like in Cleveland, Hayden? Because we've uh, getting pounded all across the state here in Central Ohio. We were underneath uh, a nice little like quarter inch just uh, sheet of ice here uh, on top of the snow. I mean, what do you got up there in Westlake? What's happening? It's currently one degree, so that's something to think about. Um, and we got about six to eight inches of snow yesterday. Actually, you know, in the afternoon, it wasn't too bad. You know, once they got the roads kind of, it just, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, which I guess is a good thing, but still just very cold. And, uh, and, you know, it's going to be, uh, interesting to see how, you know, what happens as long as this, I think Thursday we're supposed to get more. So it's going to be a cold, snowy week. Well, the reason I ask you that is because the story of the week for the Cleveland Browns is that J.J. Watt, according to uh, your your colleague, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, said that J.J. Watt is interested in potentially coming to the Browns, a lot of cap space, potential uh, Super Bowl run with the Cleveland Browns. The reason I ask you the weather, why in the world would a guy in down in Houston who has spent 10 years down there, Hayden, choose to come to the city of Cleveland where all of that is happening? The other front runners are Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Green Bay and Cleveland they are all like blue collar towns they all have some snow but I gotta tell you man it's pretty fascinating watching the Browns maybe become a free agent destination uh any news on the JJ Watt front bud I haven't heard much uh new in terms of news from JJ Watt but yeah I mean that's the kind of guy he is right like when you look at him he, and and you know his background and um you know his family I mean that's what they are they're blue collar kind of hard-working guys and um, you know, they, they represent themselves very well. They're, you know, you know, looked upon as some of the best people in the NFL. So it doesn't surprise me that those are his destinations. That's where he wants to go is somewhere, you know, Houston definitely was, uh, obviously he was drafted there and was, you know, made an impact, but I think he's, you know, it's just funny too, that all those, all those teams and all these teams in the Midwest are contenders. And I think that's the biggest thing for JJ is that he wants to go somewhere where he can compete. He knows his career is probably, you know, more on the downslope than the upslope. So it's time to go, you know, try to find something special. And uh, I think you could argue that the Browns are doing something special. I think, you know, what what they did last year was special. And, you know, they want to build upon that. And what better way to build upon that than to add another elite uh, defensive end and a pass rusher in J.J. Watt. Talking to Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. And, you know, Hayden, that's one big fish in free agency. There's Going to be a lot of movement out there. This Browns team was, you know, potentially stopping a Chad Henney on a third and fourteen scramble away from making the AFC Championship game for the first time in over thirty years, and everything feels pretty good. But it's it's time potentially to take that next step, which people in Cleveland have been excited for and waiting for for a very, very long time. You know, as free agency is beginning to heat up here, as it's going to open up here in about a month, what do you see? the Browns targeting? Do you see them having any type of focus or where would you like to see them improve this roster? Yeah, I think obviously we've discussed, you know, the defensive side of the football. I think that's just the biggest thing. And as you said, JJ Watt is just one 
free agent one big piece in that puzzle, and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously the Browns, you know, seem to have interest, and he seems to have interest in them. So maybe that would be a, a fit. Um, but otherwise, I, you know, you look at the secondary. You should have Grant Delpit back, which is huge. You know, Ronnie Harrison would be nice to, you know, continue to stay back there. Um, but you definitely look at another corner. You definitely look at another safety. And then I want to see linebackers. I want to see all, you know, I want to see them them reach out to some linebackers. Um, just because, it, you know, they did an okay job. I mean, you look at Mac Wilson. You look at Sione Takitaki. You look at Malcolm Smith. You look at uh, B.J. Goodson. They all did a decent job. But I want to. I, w- I would like to see them. Uh, you know, find somebody with a little, a uh, little more speed, a little more. You know, of that edge, that scariness that you, that you want to look at when you're a co- opposing quarterback at that defense. So definitely, definitely, just any position on defense. And then obviously, Larry Ogunjobi is a free agent, so they definitely need to find somebody to go along with Sheldon Richardson at the defensive line position as well. Yeah, it's pretty wild to look at this situation that is unfolding, Hayden, right? I mean, you know, coming off last year, firing Freddie Kitchens, John Dorsey goes out the door, wasn't really sure the the blueprint uh, that it was going to be for the Browns' success, but you obviously bring in some heavy hitters uh, as far as the GM goes, coach goes, like you seem to got to get that uh, back on the rails. Baker played a great season last year, potentially his best one in Cleveland, uh, inking him for a long-term contract extension. I mean, what do you think uh, is happening? Like, do you think the Browns are thinking of giving him that long-term deal Hayden or do you think we're going to see uh that option be used for his last year like where are the brownies at right now on Baker I think you know I go back and forth on this I think that they definitely are looking at an extension I think that they're looking obviously that uh, they're going to pick up that option for sure um but it's interesting I mean again if you're the Browns you want to keep Baker Mayfield in Cleveland for as long as possible but you know on this short uh, as little in terms of money impossible as excuse me in terms of money do you want to pay him as little as possible over the long term so it's like i think this would be a good time to strike when the iron is hot yeah but also i mean if you're not you don't want to you know put yourself in a bad contract situation where you're you're paying a guy that's not you know performing and obviously i don't think that's going to be the case with baker so I think they're in a good position to where they can wait a year and be like, okay, you know, let's give Baker another year. You know, he's not going anywhere. We still got him mm-hmm. for two years. We still got him on the option. You know, no need to rush this extension if, you know, he'll get it and he'll earn it. And uh, I just think that I could see either way. I could see them doing it now. I could see them waiting a year. I think waiting a year would probably be in the best interest of the Browns as a whole, um, honestly, going forward. Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com joining the Morning Juice. And um, one, I guess, Roster question it isn't really pertinent to free agency yet, but it was one of their big acquisitions a couple of years ago in Odell Beckham Jr. Hayden, where do you see his future? Is it in Cleveland? There's been talk that he might not be there. How do you do? You, do you like him as a viable part of this roster? Do you think he can contribute moving forward? And not that he wouldn't be able to to be the player, but do you think he's a good fit for this team culturally and what they're trying to do, or do you think they should potentially move on? No, I do think he's a good fit culturally. I think that, you know, a lot of this stuff about him, you know, I, I think the only, maybe the only problem with, with, with Odell is, is just like that, that B- Baker seems to believe that, you know, he's got to force the ball to Odell sometimes. And like, 
I don't believe that to be the case. And maybe, you know, with everything that happened this last year, he understands, okay, I got other guys. I don't have to force it to Odell. I got to just look at my reads, you know, give take what the defense is giving me. But I think Odell definitely gives them that, that threat they missed against Kansas City. I mean, I think Odell is a piece that, like, puts them over the edge and puts them into another conversation. I mean, you know, you, you had last year, obviously, Hollywood Higgins, you know, had a good year. You had Donald Peoples-Jones making strides. You had, you know, even the guys like Kaderil Hodge. Um, but, you know, Odell just gives you that threat that, that a defense is going to have to pay attention to, and I certainly believe that Odell, you know, makes the Browns better. So, that being said, I think I think in terms of a trade, I, I don't think you're going to get as much value for Odell Beckham as Odell Beckham gives you um, on the field. I think you're, you're going to lose that trade 10 times out of 10, especially after a um, an ACL injury. So, I, if I'm the Browns, I keep Odell Beckham Jr., I, you know, I expect him to, you know, come back and play really well and play really hard. And I think he watched that playoff run and got pretty hungry uh, as if he wasn't hungry before. So um, I think Odell Beckham Jr. needs to be a Cleveland Brown, you know, for the foreseeable future. Talking to our good friend Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com. You can follow him on the old Twitter machine at H underscore Grove. Make sure you wish him a very happy belated birthday. Just had that this week. Last one for me, Hayden. Uh, It is so interesting. It's been so long since the Browns have drafted outside of the top 20 in the draft. Like, here we are, you know, just a couple of months away. I believe they're drafting 26th, which has got to be, I mean, the highest they've drafted in I don't even know how many years. I don't have the, uh, the kids from MIT to look that one up, you know, off the top of my head, but I mean, what's the talk up there in Cleveland? I mean, usually it's the Browns Super Bowl with the draft, you know, top five, top two picks and everything. Like, what are you guys doing up there in the offseason? Because it seems to be pretty mundane. Yeah, no draft talk. I haven't heard any. I haven't, <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually refreshing. Like, you know, usually we're talking about, like, what, you know, what quarterback or what, you know, what, what, you know, player are we going to draft in the top 10? And, and it's just like, this year, we're, we're talking about, you know, maybe adding pieces and maybe I think the great thing about being in the Browns position is like, it seems like the Ravens and the Patriots and those teams, they always get like a stud that everybody else passes on. And I think that's what the Browns could be, you know, in this draft is like, oh, they're 26. Well, you know, there's a guy that that's going to fall in the draft and he's going to fall right into the Browns lap. So I don't think people are focused on the draft. Obviously, I think I think they're just already just so hungry for next year. But the funny thing is, is that the draft is in Cleveland, so <laughs> like you know, it's it's like all right, well, we have this. We finally have the draft in Cleveland. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the Browns don't pick till twenty six, so it's going to be a long night of waiting. But still exciting nonetheless. The twenty six pick, hey, that's good though. That is a sign of achievement. They they only give you those bad picks for making the playoffs. So you can have a good that's one exactly if you want right. to win two games again. That's exactly right. I don't think anybody's complaining. I'm I'm pretty happy, you know, if I'm a Browns fan that we're we're done talking about top ten picks. We're done talking about the draft being the Super Bowl. We're done with draft parties. I feel like draft parties are not going to be a thing this year because, like, oh, who wants to wait till the twenty sixth pick? Like, I love it. I think it's great. And then, you know, to add, like I said, the draft is in Cleveland, so that'll be a party enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe it was all a, a ruse by the NFL to keep the TV, the uh, Cleveland TV market engaged during the draft, Hayden, so they have to stick around for the entire thing instead of just uh, bolting after the first 30 minutes. Buddy, always appreciate the time. You're the absolute best. We'll uh, have a great week, and we'll chat again soon, okay? 
Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you always. Have a great day. Yep, you too. There he goes, our good friend Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com, joining us in the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. All right, time to get juiced in our daily schlegelism. Coming up next, Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. We've got a couple of problems on I-671 westbound at Cleveland Avenue and a crash westbound on the exit to 5th Avenue. Expect delays in those areas. It's the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Track. Protein shakes and energy drinks. The breakfast of champions. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice. Right here on the fan. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this Wednesday edition of the program. Right now, time to get juiced. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Call today. Get it fixed today. General, it is a Wednesday. Hump day for us. What's got you juiced, man? Oh, goodness, babe. I got three things for you that are going to get me rolling today. Number one, like for the last week, my wife got these, some sort of French toast cinnamon sticks. So I have to sit here and smell them as my kids eat them every morning. I walk out every day. It smells like some sort of French bakery out there. Like we're doing the show. I try not to eat breakfast and do some intermittent fasting. And all that does is make me hungry the whole Mm -hmm. time. And I would love to scarf them down. And my kids, ungrateful as they are, like, they'll leave like half of one there. I'm like, no, you eat the whole thing. (laughs) We're not going to waste food in our house, especially something that's this delicious. I'm not asking you to eat like a piece of raw cauliflower for breakfast. It's a, a, like, basically some sort of deep fried cinnamon stick. Like, it's delicious. So we've got that going on. My back still bothered me, Beam. I, I don't know. This is bad. Like getting out of bed, it, it's reminding me of when I was playing and I'd have to roll to my stomach and slide out. So that's brutal. The, the warm up process to run, it's, it's awful. It's, it's very painful. I'm not enjoying that. So that's, that's negative juice there. And then some interesting juice. So my wife gets a letter in the mail from Jobs and Family Services. Okay. Goes in there. It's, it's something about, you know, the PPE stuff and mm-hmm. different things or PPP. And it's, with her actually being an employer that someone filed. Now, my wife does not own a business. And so someone like had fraudulently filed something. So Ooh. my wife being the, you know, good citizen, prudent, uh, steward of the, of the dollar she is, she called up. She first of all tried to go online, but she couldn't do anything because they're like, Oh, put in your, um, your employer ID number. I well, don't so have I don't one have of those. One. I don't have one of these. <laughs> so she gets on the phone, waits an hour, baby. Oh, God. Waits an hour. And believe me, this is costing us zero dollars. There's sure. zero benefit in this for us other than saving the, the good taxpayers of this country money. And waits for an hour. You can hear the average wait time starts out at 23 minutes. It like kept ticking up. Like forty. it was like 42 minutes or whatever. She eventually like gets the on the slot machine and just seeing that jackpot oh. go up. Talks to this lovely lady. My wife's like, I understand this isn't your fault. She's like, well, let me, have you been to the website? She's like, I've been to the website. We, <laughs> I said, like, I don't have the information to fill this out. She's like, well, what's going on? Well, someone by this name is apparently trying to file this as I'm the employer. She's like, well, what's your employee ID? She's like, I don't have it. That's the point. This is not real. This person is just trying to, for the, uh, to scam the system to try to get dollars back. And, 
He goes through this whole thing. She's like, well, all I can do is flag it as potentially fraud. She's like, I'm telling you it is fraud. I do not have a business. This person is filing under me. Ma'am, ma'am, I'm going to need you to give me your business ID number. (laughs) What do you mean give me your business ID (laughs) number? So, so after a while, he finally go around, like, and she goes, I understand this isn't your fault. You know, that's my wife's like, this is just the process you have. And so her follow, the final thing was, is there anything I can do to follow up on this? I've just spent an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. of my life trying to do this. I want to make sure she's like, well, can I direct you to our resources page? I'm like, no. wait, back to the website? And she's like, yes, that was the ultimate solution. Is there anyone else I can call, talk to, email? No, that's not how this works. So that bet went down a black hole of the abyss. I'm like, this is what you get for trying to do the right thing <laughs> to no benefit. I'm like, this is saving us no money or gaining us no dollars. There's no bet, zero net benefit for our household other than just trying to, to do right and to try to help eliminate some fraud and abuse and this stuff. That's what you get. That's got me juiced in a multitude of ways. <laughs> Shark. That's, Give me some schlegelism. That's some, that's some bad juice there. That's like putting kale in a smoothie. You know what I'm saying, Bob? Well, if you put some you fruit with it, it covers it up enough. Yeah, so I know, I know. Here is our daily schlegalism. Somehow my wife saw through all of that crap when potential. she was 15 years old. Was like, yeah, I'm going to hedge my bets and date that guy. <laughs> Another classic from <laughs> 17 years later, Mary. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, how about that? Amazing. You know, uh, back on Monday, August 17th, we began a radio show with what I thought was a, a really great name for a show, Morning Juice. It was a nice, hot day, middle of August. Today, it's our six-month anniversary, and it's hey, uh, a really, really, really cold day, three degrees, something like that. Um, but boys, let's see if we can make it another six months or, Absolutely. Or, or six years or whatever. The 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo were, of course, wiped out due to the pandemic, but the Japanese still try to plow through, plow forward with plans to host the games this summer. They're going to still be called the 2020 Olympics, even though it's 2021, because, you know, they can't change the logo and, you know, all those T-shirts and souvenirs and everything. But uh, anyway, Japan now administering its first COVID vaccines and officials there hoping that the country can make enough of a dent to go forward with the summer games in July. And that has me juiced. Beamer, what has you juiced? Yeah, it's pretty amazing, man. I love the Summer Olympics. Whenever we get international sport on that level, I absolutely love it. So hopefully that does happen. Uh, like 13,000 athletes, I think, descending on Japan uh, coming up this summer. So hopefully it does still go on uh, without a hitch. It's something that my wife and I look forward to every four years. And you get the uh, nice little double up every two with the uh, winter and the summer split. So that's great, Shark. Good job. Uh, what's got me juiced is uh, Meredith Founder Wallet, Carp. So we got that going yeah for us, which is nice. It was wedged between uh, the car seats in our Kia K5. So uh, that was uh, that's where it was. Apparently she got gas in it the other day. Okay, perfect. That's good. She uh, when, Apparently when she sat down, it slipped out of her pocket and it was wedged between the seats. So we got that going. I'm all juiced about that. And how about Maxwell Moldovan? If you don't know the name, he is a Buckeye freshman playing on the Ohio State men's golf team. It was his freshman debut carp for his NCAA debut. Uh, what did he do over three days? He only shot a 68-68-69 in his first three rounds as an NCAA athlete for the Buckeyes. Good for fourth down in Kiowa, which where which is where uh, they are playing a major this year in the PGA Championship. So great performance out of Maxwell Moldovan. That's got me juiced. The fact that I don't have to upend the house uh, later in the day to search for her wallet, that has also got me juiced. So a lot of good stuff coming out today. All right, we're going to get you caught up with everything that's going on in the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack and dive back into the conversation about J.J. Watt, 
possibly joining the Brownies. That's coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. We do have some scattered slippery spots out there today and a few slow spots. Now, there is a crash on I-670 westbound at 5th Avenue. Use some caution in that area. Also, a disabled vehicle on Harrisburg Pike at I-270 will have you slow. It's the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan. Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 9.30? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on The Fan. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Brandon Bean, the general Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer Mark the Shark attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Final hour for us, hour number three on this hump day. If you'd like to follow along for the fun on Twitter, you can do so at MorningJuice971 is where we live. We talk to our good friend Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com in the 7 o'clock hour. All things Browns offseason. J.J. Watt, Carp, we'll get into that coming up here in just a couple of minutes. His destination spot could be Cleveland. And what was what in the heck's going on, man? 26th pick in the draft. Usually at this point we're talking about what the Brownies are going to do. Not so much this year, man. It's been a pretty uh, quiet little offseason, which I'm sure that Browns fans uh, are enjoying. So it was always good to chat with Hayden. Coming up here this hour, about a half hour from now, we'll talk to Colin Hill of 11 Warriors at all things Ohio State hoops as they get ready for a tussle against the Nittany Lions tomorrow on the road. And then Sunday's matchup coming up against Michigan at home. Top five matchup on hoops uh, on Sunday. So uh, great stuff coming up for the Buckeye Hoops team. Again, at Morning Juice 971. If you missed those interviews, that's where Mark the Shark puts those on Twitter about 15 to 20 minutes after the show. General, you are on Twitter at bcarb3. I am there at BrandonBeam971. And Mark the Shark, our fearless leader and producer, is there at Shark on Sports. If you're unable to catch all three hours of the program, if you're not, we got a podcast for that. You can just go on any of your podcasting platforms, type in Morning Juice, hit the subscribe button, and all of our episodes we've ever done, dating back six months. It is our six-month anniversary of coming on the airwaves, attacking and dominating uh, with you until 9 a.m. every single morning right here on the fan hit the uh, subscribe button all of those episodes will come right to your smart device and of course if you feel so inclined please do leave us a review before we hit a re-rack just want to let you know that you can join the fan 10 tv and the ohio education association as we honor our classroom heroes and these weird times teachers and educators they all need our support and recognition more than ever nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes right now time for a re-rack Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the largest selection of pool tables in Central Ohio. All right, kind of news of the day that was coming out from Cleveland yesterday. Talked to Hayden Grove about this, whether or not uh, you know this could possibly happen. And according to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com General, J.J. Watt is seriously considering the Brownies to be his free agent destination. NFL Coach of the Year Kevin Stefanski just might find himself with a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year with J.J. Watt on his roster. Released by the Texans on Friday, Watt is seriously considering the Browns as one of his options because they have a lot of what he wants, sources tell Cleveland.com. The two biggest things, money 
and a potential Super Bowl. What's more, they have a strong supporting cast and a positive environment. Coming off of a frustrating 4-12 and season, Watt wants to play for a Super Bowl contender, and the Browns check that off of the all-important box. And also it says right here that Watt, who's 32 years old, wants to get paid near his market value, and the Browns have the cap space to pay him. They're 10th in the NFL with about $22 million in cap space, and Watt was due to make $17.5 million in 2021 and will probably looking to make something in that ballpark. So crazy, man. We're going to call it this. Cleveland, Ohio, free agent destination for the stars, General. J.J. Watt interested in donning the orange and brown. That's yeah, uh, that's interesting. Like I don't know if it's the free agent destination for the stars, <laughs> but hey, it checks off a lot of boxes of things that J.J. Watt would want. They have the cap space to be able to pay him. Now, he's not getting 17. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets somewhere between 12, 14 mm-hmm. million, something like that. You know, Cleveland has the space, but they have to be prudent with it because they're going to have to start re-signing guys, you know, draft picks and players on their team that have played well for them. And you wouldn't want to reward and try to keep this thing together. So they've managed to cap really well to this point. So you don't want to be, you know, just extravagant and go out there on a spending spree that'll hurt you in years forward since the cap contracted this year. Um, but then also, they're viable winners. I mean, they're third and 14 away, yeah. slowing down Chad Henney from potentially being in the AFC Championship game for the first time in 30 years. They have Miles Garrett on the other side, or potentially even the same side, and you know some sub-packages when they slide J.J. Watt into tackle. I mean, that's going to uh, free him up. It's going to allow him to have success. They've got a really good offense. They run the football. You know, They're going to have a, a hopefully... You know, with Delf, Delpit back, Greedy mm-hmm. Williams back, there's yep. a Ward Health. Like they should have a good secondary. They need to upgrade the linebacker position a little bit, but it's a roster. If you look at it, it's as comparable as you know any of the top teams in the league. You know, if you believe in Baker Mayfield and what he did last year, as opposed to the year before, then you know what you're going to feel pretty good about this. So it makes sense for JJ Watt. I understand it. You know, you throw in Buffalo, uh, you throw in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he'd want to go to those teams. They're contenders. Cap space could be an issue. Cap space in Pittsburgh, definitely an issue. And I don't know how much of a contender they are. Playing with your brothers, now that's something that no one else can offer. Right. But as far as the opportunity to go and finish your career trying to win a Super Bowl and getting compensated near market value, like Cleveland's as good as anybody to check that box. Yeah, and Vegas also agrees with that point, Car. Pittsburgh is listed as the odds-on favorite right now, according to Scotty Vegas' favorite website, Bet Online. They're listed at 5-2, to two. Uh, so basically 2.5 to 1 odds for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be able to sign J.J. Watt. Up next, the Buffalo Bills and the Packers. Both of those are at 4-1, to one. and then the Browns right on their heels at 5-1, to one. so really take Taking a deep dive into this situation, everything you just laid out there, like you're going to have to have a conversation to yourself. And we talked about this here in the six o'clock hour. You're probably going to get two or three, right? You may not get all three. Well, how much do you put on playing with your brothers? I mean, how damn cool would that be? I mean, three brothers playing in an NFL town, an NFL roster with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a franchise that is as storied as that. Like, you can't write that story growing up. So, like, yeah, that's pretty damn cool. Like, are you going for sentimental figure? Are you going with hanging? out with your brothers every day sharing those experiences and then on the other end with the Pittsburgh Steelers 
Are you going for a championship? Well, can you honestly look yourself in the mirror and take a look at that organization and take a look at that roster and say, certifiably, the Pittsburgh Steelers are legitimate Super Bowl contenders this year. I know that they started off 11-0. and They were the last undefeated team in the league, but they just sputtered down the stretch. And then the big one, Carp, if he wants to get paid near what his market value is, and it was a $17.5 million contract that he was on uh, and that he was due to make, it's not going to be that much. You said that the number's probably going to be 12 Pittsburgh is in cap purgatory right now. We know the helping, uh, you know, with the retiring of Marquise Pouncey has helped that. But on the other side, like, you're going to have to restructure Big Ben's deal to be able to even just get under the cap for this year. I cannot see them spending that much in free agency. So unless J.J. Watt takes a massive pay cut to play there, which he might, then you, that's not looking like the destination that can happen. It all comes down to the end of the day, Carp. Do you want to play with your brothers? And if that's the resounding yes, and then you can't get him to budge off of that surely they'll make it work you look at the other teams that are listed here in buffalo and green bay i think green bay has 17 million dollars worth of space look that up okay that's pretty good wisconsin kid grew up from up there that's cool playing for your hometown team in the packers that would be lovely and then buffalo and cleveland are pretty similar carp the way that they are structured we know that buffalo got to the afc title game cleveland had a better chance at stopping kansas city so really those are your four teams in the mix right now it all comes down at the end of the day do you think the super bowl that do you think the steel can win a Super Bowl, and do you think they can pay you enough? And right now, looking at all the things, like I don't know if Pittsburgh can do that. No, they can't. They can't check the boxes the same way a lot of other teams can. And number one, like outside the financial implications, they might. You know, they're probably the third best team right now in the AFC North. Like, yep. and I don't know if that's an ex- exaggeration to say that, especially since the Browns beat them twice at the end of the year. You know, Cincinnati is going to be coming up with Joe Burrow and they can put pieces around him. Like, it's not a great situation. And so outside of the uh, family aspect, that's really all they can offer. Um, I don't see J.J. Watt signing there unless he wants to take a massive haircut. I, I just don't see it. And I don't even know if Pittsburgh, they may want to tr- think about bringing him in, but they have you know, Juju Smith-Schuster's a free yeah. like, They have guys out there yeah. they have to sign of their own, and they're still over the cap right now. So they, they have a lot of issues. I I can't see him ending up there. I would see him probably Cleveland, Green Bay, Buffalo. Like those are much more viable options. Um, better quarterback situations, much better quarterback situations. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in the AFC, you have the Chiefs. But outside of that, you feel like it's a much more easy path or a much easier path, if you will, than potentially be in the NFC where there's there's an arms race over there, quarterback. Yeah, there sure is. So flipping gears here to a quarterback conversation, had this in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, the Carson Wentz trade saga is dragging out into a weeks-long affair with no real winner on either side, Carp. Our guy, Albert Breer, uh, joined the uh, joined the herd with Colin Cowherd on Monday, and he said this. He said, I think Chicago's the front-runner this morning, uh, and I do not know that there's a feeling inside of the building from Ryan Pace, from the coaching staff, Matt Nagy, John Filippo, that they believe mechanically that they can fix him. I think the issue right now is where Carson Carson Wentz wants to go. I think it's become pretty clear that he'd rather go to Indy than Chicago, and I think part of it for now, the Eagles is all right. If our best return is Chicago over Indy, we need to convince Carson Wentz that this is the only place that you're going, bud, uh, and you need to buckle up and accept this and realize the Bears are going to give you a good chance. I think it's pretty clear at this point that the Bears have pushed harder than the Colts to get Carson Wentz, and I think the Bears would like to at least know that Carson Wentz is on board before 
ever pulling the trigger on a trade. Philadelphia Inquirer as well report that came out, Carp, that the Eagles have not been offered a first-round draft pick for Carson Wentz, but apparently a couple of seconds coming in from the Colts. So what the situation is here, Bears with a better trade package for Carson Wentz. Carson necessarily doesn't want to play there and commit to the Bears. Colts with a worse draft package, but Carson wants to play there. And all while the meantime, the Philadelphia Eagles still haven't gotten a first-round draft pick on the table for Carson Wentz in return. So uh, quite the situation unfolding with three teams here uh, as we look to a new quarterback future for Carson Wentz and where his future team's going to be. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I don't think the Eagles are going to get a first-round pick for Wentz, given the contract situation that he has. You know, Stafford was a better player in a much more friendly contract. Deshaun Watson, much, much better player, much younger. And his contract is big, but you actually feel like you're getting good value for it. The team doesn't want to move off of him. He wants to move off of the team. So anybody Mm -hmm. that has significant assets, they're going to be going all in on Deshaun Watson. Like, I think the Carolina Panthers... They went hard after Stafford. I think they're going to go incredibly hard after Watson in this, and that's kind of their next guy or else you know, potentially looking in the draft. And so Carson Wentz, do you want to go to Indy? Yeah, maybe. Does Indy really want you? Well, what are they willing to give up? They can mm-hmm. say they want you, but if they're not going to really come to the table, Chicago's offered two twos. That's a pretty good deal. I don't know the weapons you'll have. They need to try to find a way to re-sign Allen Robinson. That offense has been rough, but how much of that is Mitch? How much of that is Matt Nagy? You know, they're going to have to figure that out, but I don't, they think they can fix Carson Wentz. He needs to get out of Philly. He needs to find the best spot for him. And if Matt Nagy and those guys want to try to invest in him, he just needs a little bit of help at the skill positions to get a good look and try to figure out exactly what he still is. Yeah, and what is Allen Robinson going to do, too? You look at the Bears, right? I mean, does he want to re-sign with Carson Wentz being the quarterback on the team? Like, I don't know. I don't know what Allen Robinson thinks. I mean, he's been locked in, Carp. His entire NFL career has been with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky as his starting quarterback, and he's still been one of the best receivers in the league. So I'm sure at this point around, uh, he's probably like, just get me somewhere where I can actually catch the ball from a certified starting quarterback in the league. So fascinating stuff there with the Carson Wentz situation. Situation in Philly. Where is that sucker going to end up at? Is he going to go to the Colts? Is he going to go to the Bears? Those are the two leaders in the clubhouse for his services this offseason. The Buckeyes general, they've got a monster coming back on the offensive line. Details on that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Now, an accident on your 670 westbound ramp at 5th Avenue has traffic slow approaching. There's also an accident on I-70 eastbound at Hamilton Road and a crash on Mays Road at Morse Road and Harrisburg Pike at I-270. Use caution. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to deliver great candidates who fit your job description. Instantly claim your $75 job credit towards your first upgraded job post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Track. Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice, right here on the fan. Brandon Bean, the general Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this hump day edition of the program. We hear a Morning Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. 
It is 8.23 in the morning, and that sounds absolutely sublime. So go get yourself some uh, some chicken fingers today, and uh, yeah, just live your best life here on a uh, hump day edition. Day after Fat Tuesday, of course, General. It is uh, National Do... Uh, what is it? It is, uh, you know, Do Something Nice for a Stranger Day, I believe, or a yeah, national... Random Act of Kindness. Random Act of Kindness, yes. Uh, that rolls off the tongue a little bit better than Do Something Kind for a Stranger Day. So uh, both the same both the same thing, and that's fine. So uh, I just got to say, man, I'm so excited excited you know that that we were able to get a semblance of a football season in i'm really anxious to see what the division two college football season is going to look like all the one double a schools are going to have all of their sports starting up at the same time for this kind of like winter spring season uh so i'm going to be fascinated to see how they're able to pull all of that off so one of the big pieces coming back this year for Ohio State general, it's Thayer Munford, and Thayer Munford is just really remarkable. I know that you know Nicholas Petit Ferrer, uh, of course, he got a lot of the credit. Wyatt Davis, of course, Josh Myers, those guys, uh, the dude movers up front, really you know got a ton of credit. But like Thayer Munford, Carp, I don't know how you can do this. Like he has gone so under the radar being a left tackle here at Ohio State. This year's going to be his third year as a starting left tackle here, and like we had so many eyes for Wyatt and Josh and everybody and Harry and all these different dudes. Like this. This guy is such an unheralded man, and it's crazy because Pro Football Focus put this list out of the top 10 returning college football offensive linemen. Tyler Lindbaum uh, for Iowa was number one. He graded out as a 81.7 position grade and the number one spot with a 91.5 PFF grade. I don't know what any of that means, but it's very high. I'll take their word yeah, for it. You want, you want better... You want better numbers, Beam, not worse numbers. Whatever those numbers represent, I don't know, but you know, someone's putting some data into the machine. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to do the dive, uh, the deep analytical dive on the data. I'm just going to read uh, what they say. Number two, you got Thayer Munford, who's the top returning offensive lineman in the country. Here was their write up about him. Said Munford is taking advantage of his super senior year and returning to school for the 2021 season, which is a good thing for the Buckeyes. Decent starter, left tackle for Ohio State in 18 and 19. He took his play from good to elite. In 2020, Munford posted a 91.8 PFF grade this past season, the fourth best mark in the entire FBS and the highest mark among tackles returning this fall. Pass protection nearly flawless this season. Munford stood strong against quality pass rush units such as Michigan. Uh, well, they didn't play Michigan. Clemson and Alabama. <laughs> and uh, and maybe their analytics aren't too on point if they don't know that. And displayed tremendous processing speed against stunts and blitzes all year long. Over the course of 264 pass-blocking snaps, he allowed just three pressures. Carp, that's incredible. 264 uh, pass drops, and you're only allowing three pressures, none of which were sacks or hits on the quarterback Justin Fields. In turn, his pressure rate allowed was half a percentage lower than any other Power 5 left tackle. With Munford and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer manning the ends of the line, Ohio State might just have the best tackle tandem in college football next season. Always good to get one of the best dude movers in college football back for an extra year of eligibility. Yeah, but what about his sons, Beam? That's the the question. The Munford and sons, Mm -hmm. you know. And that was Rothman's question all the time. He liked to always kind of work that in there. I mean, little Nicely lion blamed. man, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, why not make it fun? Here's the good thing about Thayer Mumford. You know, a couple of years ago, he's battling an injury, I believe a back injury at the end of the season. I think he had to have it operated on or hip or something like that. And so last year he came back, you know, he, he was better, had to rehab through some things, didn't necessarily get a spring ball to kind of work on some stuff and some technique things. You know, because it's not really about, you know, developing toughness in a guy who's started and who's as old as him. It's it's refining your skills. And so this year, hopefully, we'll get to do that in the spring. 
I was a huge boon for Ohio State to get him back because mm-hmm. you want to have a powerful offensive line that helps solidify the running game, and it's going to make it easier for whatever coach you have, not whatever coach, whatever quarterback you have, rather, to give them time. Every quarterback is better when they're given more time, and you need to see look no further than Trevor Lawrence and you know, the uh, – Sugar Bowl there. I mean, you saw Ohio State put a lot of pressure on him, and he looked pretty average. You know, not that he's not a good player, but anytime you're getting hit like that, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's going to be a tough situation. So him coming back, solidifying the end of that offensive line, it'll help him in his draft stock in the NFL, and it's also going to help his quarterback, whoever it is this season. You look at this offensive line, too. I mean, we haven't even talked about Paris Johnson Jr. Carp, who was in a red-hot competition for that other starting tackle spot uh, with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer in the offseason. So, like, I mean, you're going to have to find a spot for him to play as well. I would imagine he's going to be at a guard spot, you know, this year. And it's just crazy, man. Coach Studd has done a remarkable job uh, of getting these dudes ready for the NFL, getting them to the next level, uh, and also keeping the keeping the pressure off the quarterbacks here at Ohio State. But pretty amazing, man. Look at looking at Thayer Munford, 2018, 2019, 2020 starter. He's going to start four years when it's all said and done here at Ohio State. And there was an awesome article that was actually written by Paris Johnson Jr. in the Lantern, and was reading this from him this morning. And he's a he's a he's a communications major, j- journalism major, and here's what he wrote. He said, despite an impressive season, this is Paris Johnson's words, by the way, a pretty good little article again on the Lantern. If you want to go find it, despite an impressive senior season that elevated his draft stock, Thayer Munford Jr. had a promise to keep, one that required him to stay in Columbus for another year. The veteran left tackle announced January 16th his decision to forego the NFL draft and return to Ohio State for a fifth year. Munford said the motivation behind the decision was to graduate with his degree and prove he's the best offensive tackle in America. Thayer Munford said this, Carp, which is the reason why he came back. I made a promise to my mom I would not leave college without my degree, and I wanted to keep my word to my mother. Like, how cool is that, man? I mean, you're coming back for your degree. You're going to have plenty of time to go off to the NFL. You're going to better yourself here. I think that's really damn awesome that Paris Johnson spotlighted him for the story and then also Thayer giving that word, you know, word of advice like, hey, man, I wanted to graduate with my degree. We always say there's a, you know, some sort of uncertainty uh, moving forward into the NFL. What do you want to do? Do you want to go and make money? Do you want to start your career? Or are you enjoying your, t- your time in college? Because that option's going to be there. And obviously, Thayer Munford uh, reveling in his time here in Columbus. You know, you can you can always go back to school, you can never go back to college because mm-hmm. once you're done and you leave, like you, that time of life, your life is over. That period and season is done and it's you know, it's one of discovery, it's great. You you find out a lot about yourself, you have a good time. There, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I'll, I'll never forget this. You talk about coming back for school. Uh Mike Nugent when he left, you know, he was here for 4 years, but he you know, he didn't graduate in his 4-year time. He had a couple classes he had to come back and take. And then never forget, he came back for the next two winters and took classes. He was sleeping on his brother, Kevin, who was a soccer player at Ohio State, mm-hmm. sleeping on his couch. And he looked at me, he goes, don't ever do this. He's like, graduate. <laughs> He's like, graduate before you leave. You will not want to be the guy coming back. And when they read your name and like people Stay see you in there. as long as you can. You got to cherish it. It's very Billy Madison-esque. Uh-huh. It was very Billy Madison-esque. He's like, don't be. He's like, don't ever do it. He goes, the last thing I want to do now is any type of schoolwork. He's like, you want to close that on your life, and and believe me, the irony is like, well, at some point, you know, I wanted to go back and do it again, but mm-hmm. I was happy that he gave me that advice to finish it up. I'm glad for Thayer to be able to do that. It's going to help help him. And you, know, you mentioned Paris Johnson Jr. There was a 
there's a theory now that they have at Ohio State. It's just get the best five offensive linemen on the field. Sure. And so center's a little bit different, but you know, they swapped those guys guard, tackle out, and you saw Paris Johnson Jr. come in late in the year, you know, and, and when he had to step in and play. I think it was played, in the Clemson game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, played really well. You threw him in there and he got it done. I mean, he, he was a road grader in there at guard. So that was that's big time ball. Probably end up having to play guard this year. You kick him out. You get a really good year of film, a tackle. Like peak teams love versatility. It's honing your skills. Like it's it's only a win. And so this is great. Like more depth on the offensive line because it's so tough to get five good ones. And I think that they'll have that this season. Yeah, especially with a new quarterback in the fold too. Guy who's never completed a college pass. So you're going to need some time. And certainly the dune movers up front for the Ohio State offensive line are going to provide that. Colin Hill of 11 Warriors. He's going to join us to talk some Buckeye hoops coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. Traffic is stop and go approaching an accident on I-70 westbound between I-270 and Hamilton Road. Use some caution in that area. Also an accident on Mays Road at Morse Road and a disabled vehicle on I-670 westbound at I-71 is causing slowdowns. When you're ready to buy a new home and you want a mortgage lender who can help you plan with certainty, Rocket can. Get personalized loan options, closing costs, and tax estimates all in real time. Rocket can. Rocket Mortgage. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan. Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, the general Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer Mark the Shark caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. on this hump day edition of the program. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, checking with our good friend from 11 Warriors, Colin Hill. Colin, happy Wednesday, bud. What's happening? Hanging in there. How are you guys doing? Man, can't complain. Whole lot happening with the Brownies, possible J.J. Watt. Uh, contract news coming down, man. It's Michael Jordan's birthday. It's the anniversary of Happy Gilmore. So, like, we got a whole lot of stuff uh, that we've been talking about today, Colin. One of the things we haven't gotten into today yet is this Buckeye basketball team. Four losses on the season, Colin. Nine out of their last ten, they have won a six-game winning streak in the Big Ten, which is by far, hands down, the toughest conference in all of college basketball. And I remember talking to you before the season got going. Uh, could you see this happening with this team, Colin? Like, how surprised are you uh, that they're doing this this deep into the season? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I, I could see them getting better throughout the season. I always thought that that was a real possibility with this team. I remember asking Chris Holtman dating back, I think that was even early in December, like, I, I remember asking him, does this need to be the biggest work in progress in the middle of the season that you've ever had at Ohio State? And, and at the time, he, he really agreed with that. Uh, I, I can't say that I saw it getting to mid-February and, and then sitting here as, as a potential one seed in the NCAA tournament. I think that that's the crazy part about all of this. Um, and that's the, that's the part that you, you just couldn't really see coming. And, and now with this big game against Michigan looming on Sunday – um, Ohio State is in a, sort of an incredible position when you think back and, and, and look at what they've done to get here. You know, and, and you mentioned that they've got five games left at Penn State, Michigan at home Sunday, at Michigan State, who isn't the same Spartans team as they've been in the past. And they've got the, the monumental ups, uh, matchup again against Iowa, this time at home. Uh, the rematch of you know, a nice upset by Ohio State and a terrific comeback in the second half. And then finishing it off with you know, number five, Illinois. Out of those five games, 
Colin, how many uh, how many games do you think this Buckeye squad is able to pull out? <laughs> it's a great question because if it, it's so, it, it's so difficult because those are the, the Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois games are, mm-hmm. are legitimately really really difficult. And at the same time, I feel like for the last couple of weeks, I've just been questioning like, what is this team ceiling? Because there's <laughs> not a team that I've looked at and I've said there's not a game that I've looked at and been like. Okay, well, they lost this team because they were they lost this game because they were clearly the worst team. I just haven't really said that yet about this team, especially recently. Um, and I think that that's the interesting part about these last you know three games against Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois. Like, um, I could see them running the table, which is sort of incredible incredible to say. I mean, I think the logical thing would be to say that they they'll probably just lose one of them because you know that's what happens when you face three teams like that in a row. Um, but I, I'm sort of just waiting to see what this team's ceiling is. I think that that'll probably help us get a better gauge on that because the way that they're playing, it's it's sort of hard to hard to gauge that. Talking to our good friend from 11 Warriors, Colin Hill, on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. And Colin, kind of a, you know, you don't want to say it, it's kind of a trap game tomorrow against Penn State uh, over in Happy Valley. Obviously, like you mentioned, I mean, that big game top five matchup looming against Michigan on Sunday. Last time out, man, I mean, the Penn State Nittany Lions, if there has been one bane of existence for Chris Holtman here at Ohio State, it has been, it has been Penn State. Uh, remember the, uh, the, the car game, Right, I mean, the guy beat you three times in a row, uh, of course, with Tony Carr a couple of years ago, and you just couldn't shake him. This year's game was was incredibly tough already. What do you see? What do you want to see them do tomorrow, Colin, to handle their business uh, in State College? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It was the, the the first game against Penn State this season. It was a win for Ohio State, and it, it was really ugly. Um, and at the same time, like like you mentioned. Like Penn State is just it, for some reason they've just given Ohio State so much trouble and and, at the, and you know they're seven and ten right now, four and nine in the Big Ten. They just lost to Nebraska. And at the same time, you really look mm-hmm. at that game, you're like, you know, that that still could be a tough one. Um, if you look at just their Ken Palm rating, you know, they're still a a top forty five team in the country um, just based on that metric alone. It's you know, Penn State's always, you know, they're going to play Ohio State physical. They're going to test Ohio State like that. You you just so, you, you just sort of hope it's a little prettier than the first game because that game, if you look back on it, was, was one of those really ugly games that, that, a, that a good team like Ohio State just has to, to, to deep down pull out. You know, as you sit here and, and you look at this whole schedule and you try to figure out what this team is, at the beginning of the year, I'm thinking expectations, you know, potentially – you know, make it to the second round, make it out of the first weekend, Hayden. I thought, or uh, uh, sorry, Colin, make it out of the first weekend and be able to to move forward. Uh, potentially a Sweet Sixteen, definitely win a game. And as the seasons progress, this team's gotten better and better and better, and they keep getting more and more efficient. The only game that sticks out, and I'm struggling to remember a lot from it, and I was just looking through the box score, is when they got smoked by mm-hmm. Minnesota earlier in the year. Like you said, the rest of the games, like. It's a breakdown here or there defensively. Maybe he didn't hit a shot, but he never really felt like the team was outmatched. You know, when you lose by 17 points, it definitely appears to be that. What do you think has changed since then, and what was the issue, if you could remember back in that game, that they've gotten resolved? Well, I almost think it's it's hard to, to think back at that game because this is, like, this is an Ohio State team that I feel like has improved a lot since that point. I think that that's the really important thing about about these Buckeyes is 
you know, back when I, back when Chris Holman called them a work in progress back in early December, I just feel like this is a, this is a completely different group. And this is a group that, that knows what it is more. Uh, this is a group that, that, that each player seemingly understands exactly what they need to be and, and, and doesn't try to do too much. Um, I also think that Minnesota game, like it's almost, sometimes you just feel like, this is a building that Ohio State just really struggles to win mm-hmm. at, and, and, and other teams really <laughs> struggle to win at. So, like, if that's the only game at, at, at this point when you've already played more than 20 games that you can really point back to and look, and it just happens to be in Minnesota, I don't really know that I'm going to take a whole lot from, from that specific game, to be quite honest. I mean, you look at, uh, again, I mean, the cars, again, are the bane of existence for the whole band. Tony Carr, Marcus Carr, like, I mean, that building up there in the barn uh, is not an easy task, Colin. There's no doubt about it. I mean, as we inch closer and closer uh, to the NCAA tournament, Colin, obviously this team right now, number four team in the country, sitting on a one line. If there's one thing where, you know, you can maybe, if you were an opposing team scouting this team that you think they can improve upon, what is that? Where can another team beat Ohio State right now, in your opinion? Yeah, well, I think that the you know the one metric that I that I look at, and I'm going to be writing about this later for today, is you know, I think defensively that that's the one area that we've seen a little bit of improvement recently, and I think that they need to improve that more. Um, if you were to look at so adjusted defense, adjusted defensive efficiency in the last two, the last two decades of Final Four teams, only two of them. VCU and, and a Marquette team that had Dwayne Wade had, a, had an adjusted defensive efficiency that was worse than Ohio State's. <laughs> and I think that that's a little telling. Uh, and, and sure, maybe Ohio State's also another anom- anomaly that, that can be added to that list. But I think more likely than not, Ohio State just has to get better on that end of the court. Yeah, it is, man. You look at this. I think they've been, you know, pretty good in the last couple of games, though. Uh, that is starting to come mm-hmm. around. So offense has been great this season. Defense has been still uh, the work in progress, but at the same time, they are getting better each and every single game. And I think a couple of weeks ago, Colin, it started with that Michigan State performance where they really put the clamps down. And right now, that is uh, certainly a work in progress, but they are getting better. Buddy, always appreciate the time. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and we'll chat again soon, okay? Absolutely. You all have a good one. Absolutely. You too. There he goes, our good friend, Colin Hassel of 11 Warriors, joining us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. If you'd like to follow Colin on the old Twitter machine, you can do so at Hill, C-H-A-S-S, Hill, right there. He was joining us again on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Going to wrap things up on a hump day. Coming up next, Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Dell Technologies. An accident on I-70 westbound between I-270 and Hamilton Road leaves traffic stop and go. And there is a disabled vehicle on I-670 westbound at I-71. Dell powers America's small businesses. This President's Day with up to 50% off laptops, desktops, and servers with Intel Core processors. Preserve your cash with flexible financing. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. There's a fine line between intensity and insanity. We don't know which side this show is on. This this is Morning Juice. Morning Juice. Right here on the fan, Brandon Beam, the general, Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. 
attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Final segment for us coming up next. Your Wednesday will turn into a first Friday as Uncle Bo and James will take over the mic. So a lot of fun stuff happening with their show. I am sure of that happening. So General, make sure you get our, uh, make sure you nominate someone this week for our juice bringer of the week. Again, you can always email us morningjuice at 971thefan.com. Uh, you can tweet at any of us, me, Shark, Carp, Schlegs even, uh, if you want to get at him or at morningjuice971. Our DMs are open as well. Uh, so if you want to share your story for your juice bringer of the week, please do that. We do it every single Friday in our last segment of the week. Last week it was great. Uh, we had an awesome, awesome recommendation for last week. We ran away with that carp. Uh, so that was cool. This is just anybody who's bringing positive juice into your community uh, and just uh, inspiring you to do better things. So again, morningjuice at 971thefan.com uh, or go to our Twitter handle at morningjuice971 and really uh, get in there and nominate someone. So I found this to be pretty interesting. Nominate, dominate? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, whatever. Attackinate uh, as well. So do whatever you want with that. So the NFL carp is uh, the NFL and the NFLPA have put out a request for information about alternatives to opioids, uh, including CBD for pain management. The League and the Union are are asking researchers uh, with experience conducting controlled experimental studies related to pain management to submit information that may be useful to treating NFL players. The request for information asks about, quote, the potential therapeutic role of medications and non-pharmacological, that is a tough Mm. word to say, interventions that are considered to be alternatives to opioids in routine pain management of NFL players. Medications may include, but are not limited to uh, cannabinoids such as cannabidibidol. (laughs) I can't can't say any of this. A.K.A. CBD. All right. Cannabinoids. See, I, I can't say this word. All right. Anyways, uh, CBD carp. Wow. They're, yeah, they're looking for that. Uh, the league has also requested information about the impact of cannabis. Cannabis. All right. You know what? I'm done. Anyways, they're looking into cannabis and CBD for alternate use to opioids. There you go. I'm done with this story. What are your thoughts, General? I, I, I don't necessarily hate it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, a big, legalization guy i'm a big believer in freedom of choice you get to do what you want um i do know that you know there's a massive issue with opioids Mm -hmm. especially in the midwest i've been reading this book dreamline which is phenomenal almost done with it um you know i I know a lot of friends and teammates of mine that you know use opioids fairly regularly because it's what you did to get through the day Mm -hmm. um it's it's a serious problem and they're heavily addictive so if there's anything that they can find out that's you know can help mediate pain and guys can play with it because here's the thing we like to romanticize the game sure and this is the irony of it of like the gladiators guys playing through all of this but then you know, everybody also likes to come down on the other side of it and be like well this guy you know he took all these pills he gets addicted to this it ruins his life well terrible choices by you but you're cheering for him five years before that when the guy's going out there and playing on you know a high ankle sprain is that shouldn't be out there, mm-hmm. but doing it because they love it. They, they love it, and you want to play, and you, you understand the sacrifices that you have to make. Um, whatever they can do, I think, to be able to, to mitigate this and to find alternative methods, because it's you got a lot of guys deal with a lot of things. Um, you know, obviously opioids aren't are not the answer yeah. to that, especially not in a long term situation uh, for chronic pain treatment. So if, you know, the NFL they they're on the forefront of this. I mean, you've got guys who are 
you know, deal with some of the most gruesome injuries that you're going to find. And they're mm-hmm. also elite athletes and they're under, you know, a high degree of medical supervision. So if you're going to try to test some new things, this would be the perfect, you know, case study. This is the perfect sample group to be able to do that. Yeah, it sure is. It says right here, the NFL considers cannabis to be a banned substance, although the most recent labor deal has loosened the rules about players using marijuana, CBD, which comes from cannabis, but does not have an intoxicating effect, has widely been promoted as a safer alternative to opioids as a painkiller, and the league and players union are now working on establishing uniform standards for pain management practices employed by team medical staff. So something interesting uh, to kind of keep our eyes on moving forward. General had so much fun today. I'm going to uh, read my dictionary and try to be able to pronounce those words tomorrow but if they allow us to come back what do you say we do it again tomorrow morning you good with that yeah man go find yourself some cannabinoids or <laughs> cannabis or whatever whatever however many just throw more syllables multi-syllabic words beam just keep sliding them in there man i mean i have to borrow schleg's thesaurus uh for yeah, tomorrow it's a thesaurus <laughs> as we, we get into that oh. thank <laughs> right. you for reminding me of that. hey i got you it was one of the funniest things we've ever said here on this show so as i read his thesaurus uh until tomorrow everybody have a great day uncle bo and james will steer the ship as your wednesday becomes the first friday next we'll talk to you tomorrow morning have a good one morning juice right here on the fan from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Discover. Traffic is still stop and go because of a crash on I-70 westbound between I-270 and Hamilton Road. Also an accident on North High Street southbound at Campus View Boulevard. Watch for slowdowns. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like they're cramming a full year's worth of cash back into one of those cash-shaped birthday cards. Cashback match. Only buy Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan